After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Finally work. <laughs> not today, oh. Johnny Gosh, too. Not today. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome back, brother. Good to see you. Glad to be back. Good to see you too, my man. It's been way too long. Well, you're gonna wish you were gone for another week after this one. <laughs> Dude, I I take a, a mental health break just to get myself dialed back in, and then this is what we come back to. Boom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 you know what? Um Somebody's got to do it, you know what I mean? So, welcome to another edition of Tank at the Tavern. Uh, we're going get to be getting into Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell, and were they murdered, and for what reason, those overinflated child trafficking numbers. God. Unbelievable. You guessed it. <laughs> you guessed it. Oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, so uh, why don't we go around the horn and introduce everybody who's here tonight. Noel. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the Nebuchadnezzar for another highly impactful episode with Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies. Uh, I'm Noel Tank Rodriguez, and uh, glad to be here, as usual. Chris and Boy. And it's uh, me, Boy. And Chris. Guys, like I'm always here. Yeah, you, you everyone's like, who's the third guy? You guys got another host? That's cool. <laughs> no, uh, he's, he's an intern. Of, he's an intern. Yeah. yeah. This is Darren, Chris's twin brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if Darren was here, it'd be the much better looking twin. <laughs> the more handsome Hamilton. Oh, and he's and his 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 level of handsomeness gets a plus one because he has a sleeve. It's true. true. He has the tattoos that I don't have that I wish I had. That I have a lot I, of cool shirts, though. 
I do. I have a ton of cool shirts. Actually, I have your, your, a cool flag there for you to take home right next to the sunglasses you left. Oh, Jesus. Now, the flag is cool, though. I leave my. I think I leave something here every time I come. Yeah, That's I'm why I quit coming. It, yeah, you, you you probably make it like at least fifty bucks. I mean, I leave a lot of stuff. <laughs> Some used Oakleys. Used Oakleys. Oh boy. War oh, by boy. Chris one time. War by Chris. <laughs> That's uh, it. I'm visiting your eBay tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, low bids. Uh, one penny. One penny. One penny. One penny. <laughs> um, Just put it up for buy now. So before we get into tonight's topic, we do want to address those uh, failures to stop being an asshole's uh, <laughs> remarks on their show. And we'll do that briefly because I don't want to spend too much time on those betas. But um, I wanted to share something with you guys and everyone watching right now in the live show. Uh, I actually came across some leaked footage. Do you guys remember that uh, dart? The, mm -hmm. the rocket that they slammed into that yeah. 2D moon? That saved us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually found some some leak footage, so let me. Uh, I'll roll that now, and you guys tell me what you think. It's pretty convincing. What? Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Awaiting visual confirmation. Oh! Damn! I missed him. <laughs> That's the missing angles we were looking for right there. That's what we were looking for the whole time. We fucking got it. Knew it. That's the footage from the Marriott. I told you we needed that footage. <laughs> you guys wanted the other two minutes? Well, there's all your two minutes right there. It's all we're declassing right now. Fine. To be it's fair, man, I was a little tipsy when I when I had that idea. And then I put it together, and then I and then afterwards I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, this is so stupid." I it love looks it. like something you'd put together. It's fucking spot on. Hey, I appreciate. It was it. worth the effort, though. Yeah. That was good. I I laughed. Uh, I did. I laughed. Yeah, that was great. I ne needed that one. Yeah, them cheering was the best part. <laughs> That's probably what those assholes were doing. And they have no idea that some nerd oh, is man. like computer generating all this shit for him <laughs> yeah. watch watch when i bring the shadow in photoshop watch what they do <laughs> and they're fucking cheering dude that's the mess yeah it's pretty silly um so let's go ahead and briefly address uh these older gentlemen that uh they did rebut i guess you could say if you will to the episode that we did when we ad addressed the issue that we had with how they handled the topic of human trafficking and child trafficking and here's my my three oopsies, right? So one was when they started the episode, they were like, well, it looks like we might get sued. We're doing something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guys. Dude. I knew I heard Krusty the Clown in there somewhere. <laughs> right? So and then and then they kept saying that we kept demanding an apology. We never demanded an apology. I said we would we would we would uh appreciate Yeah. If you gave an apology and then they kept saying demand, 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 right? Yeah. But the third and the best part, in in my opinion, was he said that like as they're reading the messages, if you guys listen to the episode, they were like, Yeah, our part, they would be like, and then they said, and, 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 and I was like, yeah. How old are you? <laughs> Jesus. Cause when we did it, I just read the messages. Yeah. So, but remember how he said uh in the message, he was like, uh, I did. Uh, I didn't laugh, or I, I've never made a joke about uh, children being legitimately injured or harmed or whatever. 
Yeah. And in that very episode, he's talking about kids burning alive in a basement. Oh, let's have a listen. <laughs> let's have a listen. Hello, okay. boss. Hello, boss. Yes. Uh, half of the building is gone because of a fire. We don't know what to do. <laughs> Can you come in now? I was like, hey, we, you know, we don't, we don't oh, want to no call you idea. earlier you. because we know you podcast on Saturday mornings. What do you want us to do with Hilarious? They might be on fire soon. Oh, man. Hello, boss. Hello, boss. Yes. I hate Chris D'Elia. And I'm sorry. Listen, first of all, Mike the cop, he's fucking, he's a verified blue check asshole. Okay. All you fucking know. Um, they also fucking doubled down and said they presented all the facts, even though they didn't. And they also have no idea how statistics work, right? Because they believe that someone stops, counts out 400 kids, picks them all up every single day, and then drives off. Like, that's not how stats work. Uh, so, but my other favorite thing was uh, that this guy, after trying to justify all the dumb shit they said, right? He says that we're like the second um demanded apology from somebody and that we're not his demographic and that he hoped we got tired and quit listening to the show because we couldn't stand listening to them talk about jujitsu and five finger death punch <laughs> guess what bitch that's what we do we talk about we do whole shows on jujitsu we are we're more their demographic than their demographic <laughs> and this guy he got fucking famous he's an influencer he's not a cop he used to be a cop his whole personality is i used to be a cop that's it that's it are you talking that's about it. the one who got kicked off the force for making beer or the one who has a publicist to help him become an influencer which, which oh um, it's probably one in the same i wouldn't doubt it <laughs> uh, this is okay. mike the cop mike the cop oh, okay he, all right so he's the one who apparently got kicked off the force because He's promoting a craft beer that he made in his fucking mm. uniform. Mm, nice. TikTok cop. So, <laughs> real, real, real credit to the force there. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I wholeheartedly support our men and women in uniform, but that guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we gave one a job. Current, <laughs> currently still Current, in uniform. Yeah, still holding it down. Not used to be a cop. Like did it today. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just back fucking showered. <laughs> <laughs> still smells like the minority i can vouch for <laughs> no i smell like the homeless transient that i had to shoe off the off the roadway yeah, yeah please like, shake a broom at him please wake up i thought <laughs> yeah. well the call was funny yeah, we, we thought the came out as a person maybe deceased uh, but so we were i was rolling over there like like i do and hey wake up oh okay <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa thank goodness i'm All sleeping right. here right. i'm <laughs> sleeping here <laughs> That's so funny, man. I just, but, uh, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. To, to sum up, not not everyone with a microphone deserves a podcast, and those two guys are prime examples of that. Yeah, yeah, they're influencers. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm I'm not even gonna address it anymore. To me, it's done over with. I'm I don't have nothing to say. We we said our piece. They said their piece. They're gonna make jokes about what they're going to make jokes about we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about um i just you know it's a waste of time at this point it's a mute point so you yeah, know boom. we would never demand an apology um 
from yeah. from yeah. them. We yeah. asked, you know, maybe some humor is not good humor. Uh, nothing's really off limits when you're you're having uh, comedic comedic uh, expression. Um, but some things are probably you just don't even touch, like like kids, yeah, ever, and just stay away from it. But that's yeah. You guys do you. We're gonna do us. Word. Peace out. The the last thing I wanted to say is is it's so funny, and I I think it was. I think Jocko was saying this um, or it could have been Jocko or Joe Rogan or something like that. And it just reminded me because like, these are the guys, these are the type of guys that um, have to constantly remind their audience of how alpha they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think it was, jo- it could have been Jocko or Joe, but they were saying like the alpha never has to announce that he is the alpha. Absolutely. They just know who it is, right? Yeah, the the lion doesn't walk through the fucking jungle going, "I'm a lion." Yeah. What? Everyone fucking watch out for me. I'm a lion. You know what I mean? Everyone goes or sends the publicists out first to say the <laughs> yeah. lion's coming. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, and then yeah. you shoot out then... a reel real quick. Let everyone know the lion is coming. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so funny. Oh, we moment. Oh, we moment. Um, yeah. So you know. Last but not least, you know, fuck those guys. But anyways, um, tonight's episode, I am excited about I guess, a little bit <laughs> anxious. Well, Tank sent me some screenshots last night and I was like, oh, I'm going to need a lot of liquor tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not good. Not, not good. good. Cool. And Can't I said, no, 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 no. But we got to do it. We got to do it. Um, this yeah, is one that um, it's going to hit uh, home a little bit differently for everybody, especially if you're from our era, right? That listen to both of these guys. Um, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, the crowd's reaction is. Oh, yeah. So um, a little bit on Chester, a little bit on Chris. I'll just get into some brief details. Uh, more of like the, the the intimate details. Chester Bennington, born March twentieth, nineteen seventy six, died July twentieth, two thousand seventeen. Singer of Grey Days, Dead by Sunrise, and Stone Temple Pilots, which I didn't even know that. Hmm. But um, we all know him pretty much from uh, Lincoln Park. Yeah. Um, he was found dead in his palace, Verdes Estate, in California. Mike Shinoda uh, confirmed death on Twitter found by housekeeper. The His body was found by the house housekeeper. Toxicology came back with trace amounts of alcohol <clears throat> and concluded that he had committed suicide. And then real quick for Chris Cornell, uh, born July 20th, 1964, the same day Chester died. Hmm. He died May 18th, 2017. Uh, which was two days before Chester was born. It's just uh, coincidence. That's it. Singer <laughs> of uh, Soundgarden, Soundgarden uh, which most people know him from, and Temple of the Dog. Uh, he was found unconscious in his hotel room, 1136 of MGM Hotel in Detroit, by his bodyguard with an exercise band around his neck. Um, supposedly uh, police reviewed uh, a ruled out foul play by reviewing the security camera footage and crime scene photos, uh, which we'll kind of talk about that a little bit, but that's just an intro out, you know, intro outro for those guys. So 
Intro, um, outro. Those dates are very interesting. What you did there. Very, very <laughs> interesting indeed. Yeah, so, that's pretty strange. Um, like, it, it's so weird that the death was two days. You know what I mean? It'd be, it, I wouldn't ask any questions if it was like 136 days off or something. You know what I mean? Uh, too many coincidences already. Yep. Too well, many. We, we all know. We all know how these uh, groups like to work, where they use dates as part of their whole ritual. Yeah. So that's right. where that comes to play. You know that already. Yep. Shocker. Um, <laughs> Shocker. So, so Tank, let let's just dive. I, I'm on. I'm on the. I'm, I'm going up. I'm climbing up the ladder, and I'm on the high dive, and, I, and I'm just going for it. <laughs> and everyone told me you should you should maybe start um with take your floaties off first. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we're just we're going all the way to the Wait in. top. Yeah, we don't even know how cold the pool is yet. <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't tip my toe in. So Well, guys, you know I like to uh, start off with a brief introduction and this is uh not so much for us but for our listeners. Um you know, they're a big part of the process mm-hmm. and uh they're a big part of the momentum of the movement and uh so, you, you know, I always like to start off with a brief introduction. So I'd like to start off by saying that I couldn't begin this report or any other without first thanking you guys, my brothers at Whiskey, Beer and Conspiracies podcast for Aww. trusting me to provide relevant, unbiased information, often of an intense nature, and for providing the platform and the outlet for me to highlight this work on this topic and other profound topics as well. So I want to sincerely thank you guys. Uh, I want to thank all the independent journalists who have dedicated significant time and effort to digging through massive amounts of information, often at considerable risk to themselves regarding the topic we're going into tonight. I want to thank the Hooligan Truth Network and its affiliates for tuning in, supporting our mission to cover and ultimately expose the many levels of corruption and darkness that all too often seek to hide itself in the shadows of ignorance. <clears throat> so the topic of this report will be the peculiar and suspiciously coincidental untimely deaths of Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. Dude, were these men Noel, on the verge? What's if, up, bud? If you were ever to be a politician, I would vote for you. Because <laughs> well, you just put me in a spell, it. man. I was like, yeah, uh-huh, okay, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. 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 yeah, here's all my tax money, dude. <laughs> yeah. Here's all my it. fake greenbacks. <laughs> yeah. You like Monopoly, right? Oh, man. I'm going to the Canes. Oh. I'll be back in a few days. Okay. <laughs> Sen- okay, since this is a live show, let me bring this up real quick. It's 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 current, so it you know it's not what we're talking about, but because we mentioned politics. I sent a video to Boya like an hour ago of this new campaign that they are running. Uh, for the black community about no voting, no fucking. And it was like a music video with a super flamboyant gay guy. Like it was like painted on beard. Yeah. And like super long nails, like Wolverine. Uh, And they're like, look like Lizzo. If she didn't shave for a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Y'all was Y'all was and it was like this whole rap video about like basically like, yeah, let's meet up and fuck this guy because he looks really yeah. good. Yeah, Unless they they- he doesn't vote, then no way. <laughs> yeah, the whole video was about they found this dude on some dating app who is a 10, but he said he doesn't vote, so he can't tap it. 
and I was like, bleh, bleh, dry heaving over my phone for. <laughs> I didn't even finish it, dude. I got like, <laughs> there was still probably a good like thirty five seconds left of the video, and I just had to bail, dude. I, I, I'm, 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 I. T- so this is what I messaged Boya. I said, uh, uh, what did I say? It's um. <clears throat> it's astonishingly i'm astonishingly amazed of how insulting they are to the black community and i'm not even black (laughs) dude like i was like oh my god you're gonna send this to people it's one of those things where you're like embarrassed for them like (laughs) yeah another bad look (laughs) that didn't quite go the way we planned (laughs) (laughs) we know that the left knows no boundaries Oh yeah, none. Did you guys? So, so you immediately reminded me of the uh, congressional candidate who's running to unseat Jerry Nadler in New oh, York. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you hear what this guy did? Yeah. So, the independent congressional candidate in New York running to unseat Gerald Nadler made a porn video to show of his sex-positive campaign, uploaded <laughs> to Pornhub. What are we doing? <laughs> What? You what tell doing? me why we pay taxes. I want to know right now. Oh, I want to know man. right now. Bro, I'm at a loss of words on that. <sighs> Fucking hate it here. We are so <laughs> close to idiocracy. It's not even funny. Dude. Oh, Dude. Man. And Jill Biden. Jill Biden was at the, what was it, the Jets game, I the, think? No, the Philly-Dallas Philly, game. Philly-Dallas. Booed. Got booed, and then all of a sudden, here come the fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was fucking awesome to see, right? Did, did and they he, were still like along with the chant. No, he wasn't there. He was probably shitting his pants somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so anyhow, we're way, way off track. Okay, yeah, back track. back Get at it. Come on, Tank. Get reel us back all in, right. please. Reel us in. Reeling you back in. Reeling you back in. <clears throat> so as far as uh, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. A bunch of questions where we should start off. Were these men on the verge of exposing a vast network of high-level pedophiles? Did they have proof of nonprofit organizations being involved in human sex trafficking? Were these men murdered as a result of their findings and their deaths covered up to make it look like tragic suicides? For answers to these questions and more, we'll go over existing theories with supporting details to allow you, the audience, to reach a conclusion for yourself. So included in our research, uh, we've compiled vast amounts of circumstantial evidence that would imply a person or persons have committed a crime. We've included some testimonial evidence from witnesses or potential witnesses. We'll include some authentic documentary evidence and demonstrative evidence that include photos of questionable connections and associations. We may include some character evidence which will demonstrate the moral standing of a person or persons based on their reputation. And we'll also include some hearsay evidence which uh, will refer to statements made relevant by parties close to the issue at hand. Now note that all of these factors are within the public domain and for everyone watching today or listening, you can find these uh, bits and pieces of information effortlessly. Now, for the record, and with respect to Chris, which I wholeheartedly respect, I have no law enforcement background. <laughs> and the information contained in our report is the result of a personal and painstaking effort to comb through available details on the deaths of Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. Myself only seeks to discern whether the official narrative should be questioned further. And let me tell you guys, in my personal opinion, I can tell you unequivocally that I do believe that these men were in fact murdered 
and their deaths were covered up, uh, made to look like a suicide because of what they were on the verge of exposing. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So now, guys, I remember beginning at 13 years old when alternative and grunge rock was pretty much all that I listened to. Now, I'm not sure exactly how a Hispanic youth from an uber Latino family learned to love this type of music, but I enjoyed it more than the hip hop that was culturally relevant where I grew up. Now, in 1998, I was a fan of many of the top indie musicians and would have my RCA speakers blaring the sounds of bands like Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Bush, Weezer, Garbage, Silverchair, Stone Temple Pilots, all night long in my attic room. In the same year, I found Soundgarden's 94 hit, Fall on Black Days, and was immediately drawn in by the unique voice of frontman Chris Cornell. The album, Super Unknown, would become a go-to for all of my moments of teen angst and rebellion. I would never have imagined that at 37, today, with you guys, we'd be looking into his death as a potential murder, covering up proof of the existence of a depraved pedophile ring or rings operating in and at the behest of elite power players within government, music, and film industries. On May 18th, 2017, uh, when it was reported that Chris Cornell was said to have committed suicide, I was working as a supervisor for a moving company in Newark. I remember going to my office, sitting down at my desk and opening a tab on the PC to read the headline. Opening another tab, I played the YouTube video for Fall on Black Days and I sat back in my chair to revisit nostalgia. My only question at that time was why the fuck would he do this? Now I would finally or rather, I'd find myself repeating the same actions and asking the same questions two months later on July the 20th, 2017, when news broke of Chester Bennington, Linkin Park lead vocalist and Cornell's close friend, also being found dead of an apparent suicide. What the fuck was going on? Now, the official narrative was that these men, both of whom had histories of drug dependency, alcoholism and depression, had finally succumbed to their private battles and in final acts of desperation, hoping to find peace and spare their loved ones from witnessing their downward spiral, sought a final solution, and suicide was their answer. The problem with that narrative, fellas, was that in the actions of these men who had overcome their personal battles, they became highly dedicated family men who wanted to use their platforms to positively impact the world. I mean, Chris and his wife, Vicky, founded the Cornell, uh, Chris and Vicky Cornell Foundation, and Chester founded the Music for Relief Initiative both of which sought to help people and children of vulnerable populations, including children and families devastated by earthquakes in Haiti. Damn. Now, Bennington and Cornell actually met in 2007 while touring with Linkin Park's Project Revolution and immediately became close friends. In the intro for today, you actually played a clip of both of them per, uh, performing together on stage at one of these uh, Project Revolution venues. Now, it was at the Project Revolution venues that these guys became really good friends. One commonality the men shared were their earlier battle, battles with drugs and addiction and subsequently overcoming those obstacles. Their bond became so strong that Cornell would ask Bennington to become the godfather of his son, Christopher. Wow. Now, this was a major factor in solidifying the bond of these two men. In addition, their wives, Vicky and Talinda, would also become good friends, and they soon considered each other family. Why then would their earlier battles, going as far back as a decade, become the cause of their deaths? The mainstream narrative seemed all too eager to attach suicide to their deaths, and even went as far as to cite Chester Bennington's suicide as the result of losing his close friend. 
Now, Truth Hooligans Nationwide suspected something much more sinister, and a cryptic tweet posted at 9.02 p.m. on August 28, 2018, would enhance those suspicions. The tweet would go viral and throw the internet into a frenzy. It was on this day, gentlemen, that a conspiracy was born, and we began to question whether these men were, in fact, murdered. Now, my question to you guys is, do you remember that tweet from 2018? I don't know. I don't. I've never been a part of Twitter or that that cesspool that is the tweeting community. So I would say negative. I got you guys. So <laughs> shortly, so shortly after the death of uh, both Chris and Chester, an account on Twitter that went by an open secret made a cryptic tweet that went as follows. Chris Cornell was the main financial backer for a documentary called The Silent Children about child sex trafficking. After he died, the project was canceled. Chester Bennington was going to appear in the documentary. His band, Linkin Park, was going to contribute music. Hashtag 35K reveal. Now, as you guys can imagine, this tweet literally sent Everyone that was concerned or curious or suspected something was not right with the official narrative of these two suicides into a damn frenzy. Okay. And subsequently, the work of Natalie Denise, an independent investigator by the name of Alessandro Duchatel, and others, particularly uh, Meet the Resistance, um, started to dig in to this tweet and to dig into the account. In open secret. Now, the account in open secret was created by a man named Gabe Hoffman. Now, Gabe Hoffman was also a producer who released a 2014 documentary titled In Open Secret. And this documentary explored the bombshell accusations of sexual abuse experienced <coughs> by five child actors in Hollywood who spoke out about their abuse. Often quoted as the film Hollywood doesn't want you to see, it explored how some of the elite in Hollywood preyed upon children in the industry using drugs, alcohol, and grooming. Their methods were sophisticated, well-organized, and predatory. Their network was vast and included highly influential people. I do recall the account name now that you said it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I never made it through that documentary. <laughs> I had watched. I had watched something, uh, a YouTube video of one of the journalists that you uh, named, and they were talking about that and the, some of the going into it and reaching out to that account and trying to get mm -hmm. the financial information about the money that was given or wasn't yep. given or was promised by Cornell to fund that that program. Mm -hmm. So I do remember that that topic and hearing that before. Absolutely. So. Um, Brian actually forwarded me a uh, link to um, a, a, uh, an investigative journalist by the name of Natalie Denise, who produced a, a multi-series documentary titled Black Hole Sons, An Untimely Death. Now, in that documentary, she cites the steps that she took to try to confirm this cryptic tweet from 2018. And she actually posted a screenshot of the message that she sent Gabe Hoffman once she found out that Gabe Hoffman was actually the administrator of this account. Um, in the tweet, uh, or rather in the message, she says, hey, Gabe, 
Would you happen to still have a copy of the Silent Children transcript or the rundown file? I'd love to look into the full details contained. Uh, a few hours or rather uh, maybe nine hours later, Gabe Hoffman actually replied back to her and said, I received what I received in strict confidence. I tweeted documentation of the project's existence, as you know. I'm not at liberty to release additional information. A few hours later, Natalie Denise responded, oh, shucks, I totally understand. Is there a person or place you can point me to so that I can get more financial expenditure information on Cornell's funding of this project? Thank you for your response, by the way. I really appreciate it. Hoffman never responded back to that to that, uh, to that inquiry. Hmm. Is Hoffman still alive as far as we know? Hoffman is still alive, but Hoffman actually turned out to be a very questionable, uh, questionable figure. Okay. Um, Hoffman may actually be either a gatekeeper or uh, pushing a incredible psyop, and we'll go into that in a little bit. Okay. Now, in the same documentary, uh, Black Hole Sons in Untimely Death, again produced by Natalie Denise, um, she highlights the work of another independent journalist uh, by the name of Alessandro Du Chatel, who also attempted to get more information from Gabe Hoffman. Now, Du Chatel, uh, Alessandro Du Chatel, is the administrator of a website called Total Disclosure and was attempting to find truth behind the tweet connecting Cornell and Bennington to the Silent Children documentary. Now, he was not treated as cordially as Natalie Denise was. And Duchatel and Hoffman wind up engaging in highly volatile internet exchanges with Hoffman ultimately involving the authorities and legal counsel against Duchatel. Damn. Uh, Hoffman, oh, absolutely. It, I mean, it got crazy between these two guys. Hoffman actually reported every one of Duchatel's messages and comments, and subsequently, Duchatel's accounts were either flagged or outright terminated. Damn. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he really went in. Once he realized that Alessandro was not simply pushing uh, the narrative that Hoffman mm -hmm. essentially tried to create, which was look over here, look over here, don't look over here. Yeah. Uh, he looked at Alessandro now as an enemy that needed to be silenced. Mm. And so he, he tried to do whatever he can to silence both Alessandro's research as well as everything he was putting out on his site, Total Disclosures. Wow. That's like enemy of the state shit, right? You go to you oh, like yeah. use your card and you can't. Oh, it's rejected. And it's crazy to think those those people have like that type of power mm -hmm. at any yeah. given time. Yep. So house gets foreclosed, shit like that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm telling you guys, if there's, if there's one thing that looking into uh, the peculiarities and the crazy coincidences involving this case is just the vastness of this network, man. If, if you're over the target in the slightest bit, if, if you're hovering over even one pawn in that evil chessboard, they are all converging on you with all their resources. And those yep. resources are vast. Alessandro Duchatel um, <laughs> was monetizing his accounts. And um, after he started to um, highlight work and publish work on Bennington, and uh, Cornell, he went from a thousand viewers and subscribers to 15,000 in a night. Damn. In a night. And so that momentum right there also made him a target because now more mm. people are starting to dig into this. 
Now he's right. reaching a larger audience. They demonetized him and they essentially deplatformed deplatformed him from everywhere he was posting this information. Wow. Which is wild oh, yeah. to me. It just the deplat the deplatforming and demonetization of uh, you know, any anybody who's speaking out against crimes against children, that shit blows yep. my mind. You know, and we've Absolutely. talked about it before, reporting cases <clears throat> where they're exploiting children. No, no, no community guidelines violated. Keep it pushing, you know. Yeah. There are um, no laws being broken. I mean, essentially, yep. you know, we, we think that we uh we think that we have freedom um, and the ability to highlight these things, right? Mm -hmm. Again, breaking no laws, only to find out that the gatekeepers are literally barring us, stopping us, putting a wall in front of us from sharing this information or even yep. digging into the connections of people involved in shit like this. Yep. Yeah, it's wild, man. I know I, I was looking at um, the crime scene photos today from uh, for Chris Cornell. And um, <clears throat> I'm sure at some point in the show, we'll get to crime scene photos or whatever, because there's just really odd things. And very much so. the one thing I wanted to get Chris's take on, since you're an officer of the law, he's a cop, you guys. <laughs> cops plus. <laughs> Everyone knows you don't talk to the cops. Unless he's they're alphas. Look at Unless him. I got, my, I got my standard-issued moustache. For... <laughs> yeah, dude. You know Hell what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> um, yeah, you guys leave my man Chris alone. For thank you. Thank <laughs> you, hey, I appreciate the mustache. I hate that you get shamed out of it, dude. <laughs> I'm rocking it for at least a solid two months, this month and Hell next yeah. month. I dig it. I dig it. Well, Bert Reynolds is fucking weeping somewhere. <laughs> Wish he had a mustache like that. Damn. <laughs> wow. Really propping my guy up. Here we go. You better get this. You better get this, this my, question this right. Height, man. Hey, look at the fucking thing, man. Give it its own show. Make its own t-shirt. We should have brought the extra mic out for him. <laughs> right. Do a silhouette like a black, like a black t-shirt with like a Chris head silhouette, but like a real thick mustache. Uh, we'll, just do, we'll just do like a beard, mustache, beard. Yeah, sure. and everybody will know. Is your Whiskey mustache allowed to drink? <laughs> <laughs> no, the mustache is sober too at this point. Damn it! All right, uh, gets drunk on that vinegar. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, it, it, it what 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 would be the protocol, Chris? If um, <clears throat> you wrote up a report that you took for for something like a a car accident or something like that, right? And so then the official story comes out that the time they're giving is off from your report. Like, what is the protocol? Do you go up to say, Hey chief or, or, or whoever, you know, your officer who, sergeant or whatever. and be like, Hey, if our times aren't matching, like, does it have like, what's the protocol if it's off? So there's ways to check um, times. So let's just say that I was responding to a call. There's a something, a call comes into the dispatch, 911. They create that event. Boom. Log, whatever. You know, we'll just call it 110. So logged 110, the time the call was 0900 hours. And then in the log, it's going to say when I got the call, when I got there, when I completed the call, all that's all documented in that whole entire log. And it's not closed until I say I'm 98 from this call. This is the final coding for 
whatever it is. If it's an incident of a crash, you know, gunshot, gunshot victim, whatever, body mm -hmm. found, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, we would make the proper notifications. Then on my report, I've been taking notes the entire time. Like, okay, I got here. I got the call. I'm documenting that in my daily activities. And then I go to my report and I pull up my report and I'm generating it. And on this date, this session time, I received a call from dispatch. And then I uh, arrived on scene at, at this time. I talked to so-and-so, did this, da-da-da-da-da, you know, notification, you know, whatever else is going on in the body of the report. And then I would type, that would be my completed report. I'd send it up the, the chain. It would get, you know, approved or not approved if there was corrections, whatever. Um, if, it's, if it's just an incident report, it would go through my immediate supervisor. Uh, if it was, a, like you said, a crash, that would go to a, our accident investigation review guys. They would sign off on it and it would be done. And then I'd probably never see it again. I'd never see it again unless I went to court for something on it or I brought it back up to look um, unless something was drastically, you know, changed without my knowledge. Um, I wouldn't even probably know about it. So I submit it with the times as accurately that I, I was given and what I'm working with. Um, nobody has access to change anything on that report in our system, but I'm not, I can't speak for everybody's system. Right. Like, I don't know if the way other agencies support uh send off the submit the report if someone can go in there and, and edit it now for our ai review team they can go in there and change things but they notify me of those changes nothing gets changed without my knowledge and then i see that as it gets returned back to me and then i have to go back and check everything to make if there was mistakes or if times are wrong okay then i would do the ultimate corrections and then send it back to them so, okay. so that's when they send you the, do you remember you were here? Right. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I was there. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I was on the grass. You know, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, that, so, but, that was just something that I was curious about, but, but, but so you said, um, this probably has nothing to do with what you're getting at, but, uh, it could be something that could be confusing to idiots. Right. Um, like, so you have the time the call came in, uh, the time that you got the call, the time you arrived at the call. Now, if somebody was reading that report and maybe they were just glancing over it and really weren't paying attention to the actual timeline, it would be easy for someone to be like, okay, we're going to say it happened at the time you arrived instead of the time the call was received and then run with that time. That could happen. Probably happens more often than not, right? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just how my mind was working. That someone yeah. could very possibly could have been like, was there a huge discrepancy on uh, times in, in this event? Great question. Great question. And I believe that the reason Brian initially brought that question up was to try to get some clarity on some of the information that he uh, learned today with the logistics of the police report. Essentially, yeah, okay. they're trying to say, essentially, they're which also conflicts with witnesses, witness statements that were also not included in any initial reports. But they're trying to say that Chris Cornell, his bodyguard, said that from the time they arrived at the hotel 
to the time that he was found dead was too way too short of a span for what other witnesses said happened after they left the venue and what happened when he arrived at the MGM hotel. For example, mm. uh, Martin Kristen, who was the head of security, uh, the director of the battalion group, right, which was hired by Chris Cornell's wife, Vicky, a year prior, um, was the one who found the body. Now, he reported to the police officer who took the report that they immediately left the venue, were escorted from the venue to the hotel, and then shortly after arriving at the hotel, that's when he broke into Chris Cornell's room to find that he uh, was dead. And I believe, um, we, and we're gonna go into it to get the exact time, but I believe it was somewhere around 11.40 to 11.50 um, p.m., hmm. okay? Wow. Okay. So um, according to uh, Tommy uh, uh, or uh, Taylor Momsen, I believe her name was, um, yeah. who opened up, she would, Momsen, right? Her last name is Momsen? Yeah, she I think it's Momsen. opened up, she opened up for Chris Cornell uh, at that show. She mm-hmm. says that when the show was over, okay, uh, Chris Cornell did not immediately leave. He went to a parking lot where all the artists converged and he was spent some time talking with her for a while where she was able to say, listen, thank you very much uh, for giving me this opportunity. You know, let's do it again. Um, it's great to see you. And then from there, he hung out with other members of Soundgarden. He may have taken a few pictures and he was mingling for a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mingling four times. So we could speculate that that was at the very least, at the very least, half an hour, 45 minutes of just mingling. I would say, show. yeah, dude. That's, I, that's, especially, yeah, for sure. If, if someone said to me, uh, they were mingling in the other room just after the show, 30 minutes would immediately pop into my head. 30 minutes, 45 right. minutes, because least, yeah. you're, you're, you're handling some people, you're talking, you're making the rounds. It's not like mm-hmm. someone would notice if someone came and went really quickly after an event. Like Absolutely. That. Well, they especially would, they, it would stand out. It would, it would be, Hey, Chris, Chris was here for like 10 minutes. He, he said hi to like three guys and he bounced. Yeah. Yeah. If you said this- mingling, he's talking. Well, and they said he was smoking cigarettes. And you guys, if you've ever smoked, I've smoked cigarettes before, and, and I'm sure you guys have, or when you're drinking or whatever. Generally, it's it takes, you know, uh, a few minutes to smoke a cigarette. But yeah. for someone who's like a chain smoker, they could be out there mingling, smoking two, three, four, mm-hmm. and they're just burning through them, you know. But um, yeah, the, the like you said, minimum thirty to forty-five minutes yeah. just yeah. doesn't sound like you're because he didn't seem to be in a rush. Right. So, yeah, yeah, he's got exactly. Yeah. So now, so now check this out. Another very interesting fact that seemingly overlooked. Right. And this is this is another thing that's questionable about both the um, notes that were taken on the police report and what his head of security said. So Chris Cornell exits the venue 11 o'clock. He spends at the very least 30 minutes mingling with bandmates uh, in the parking lot. Bus call. They get on the bus and then they are escorted from the venue, the Fox Theater, to the MGM hotel where he was standing. Here's where it gets interesting. There were two fans, right, that were avid Chris Cornell fans that followed him everywhere that actually met him in front of the hotel for autographs. He signed he signed a vinyl record of one of these gentlemen. Another gentleman approached him with the ticket stub for the show. He signed that. For the gentleman okay 
let's say that that right there takes another 20 minutes, a half an hour before he's ushered into the hotel. Yeah. Now, it's very interesting that the gentleman who had the ticket stub signed also put the ticket stub on eBay, right, with a short story where he also says, immediately after the death, I checked the times and stuff and realized that the the narrative pushed by the news was horseshit. Oh, it really? couldn't be that time. Absolutely. And so, I actually so took did, screenshots and put it in the report. Did any one of those two gentlemen uh, snap a picture with him? at all great question great question boya and they were and that was specifically cited so the guy who had uh the picture or who had the ticket stub said unfortunately there were no pictures taken with chris cornell at this time because there weren't any opportunities presented to do so simply because he had the police escort he mm. had hotel security plus he had his private security that were literally swarmed around so okay. he was able to meet these two fans sign sign thank you guys love you another very important and overlooked fact he said to these guys i can't wait to see you in columbus ohio on friday mm. which 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 is where uh the band was supposed to be performing after the venue at the fox theater wow right, right. so and dude i want i want to link something in here real quick so i remember um Boy, I told you my dad went to high school with Ronnie Lott, right? Yeah. Okay, so when they renamed my dad's high school field an Eisenhower, they they renamed it Ronnie Lott Field. Mm -hmm. So he came out when they did the unveiling and the the you know his revealing his name on the sign and all that stuff. So me and my dad went out there, and dude, there was like. 70 to maybe a hundred niner fans waiting. Yeah. I mean, waiting, right? Yeah. Cause they heard and they were like, we're going. So, so he, uh, came up to the chain link fence and every, like all of his security around him was like, he's, he's late for his flight already. He mm -hmm. has to go. So they're trying to usher him out and he's, he's like kind of running away, but then he looks up and he sees all the niner fans and he runs over and starts signing stuff. And that's how we got, um, that signed football by him. Hell yeah. But I got throwback signed by him. I got baseball. You know, it's whatever. But when you know <laughs> famous funny. people, it's whatever. So <laughs> you guys will get there one day. But um, <laughs> That alone probably cost him 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, take into a fact what you said that he signed real quick, signed real quick, chatted up real quick, see you guys in Columbus, Ohio. Coming from mingling smoking cigarettes hanging out chatting up probably smoke two before he's ushered away at tops you're still looking at like 40 minutes mm -hmm. you know and i'm not a psychologist but he wouldn't be saying things in the future i don't think if in his head he's like in 20 minutes i'm out See yeah ya. exactly Exactly. I have no intention. I have no intention of meeting or greeting anyone. I have no intention of making promises that I know full well. I do not plan on keeping. I'm going upstairs and I'm checking out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Just, so, yeah. so the reason yeah. why the timing is so important is simply because of the discrepancy in the report. And these discrepancies were filed in that report based on what Chris Cornell's head of security said. Now, 
it turns out when you start looking into Chris Cornell's head of security that was literally just recently hired within the last year of, of Chris Cornell's life uh, by his wife, Vicky, when you start hey. looking into that guy, yeah. Guys, wait till you hear this. <laughs> I know you told me a glimpse of it, and I was like, oh, oh I like shit. turned into a little kid. <laughs> like, I, I ripped when open, it was a start- Sega, and I was like, oh, it's just what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got so excited for this shit. There's a fly buzzing around your microphone, dude. Is that I've been trying to kill the (laughs) little bastard? Just heard it go. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking doing drive-bys on my mic, man. All right, I'm gonna mute until I kill this guy. Listen, that's I only heard it once. You're good. That's actually a Bill Gates fly. (laughs) (laughs) It's got got recorder and video, right? Well, dude, I just watched Three Ninjas the other night. Remember some? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Was Hell it yeah. Colt, Tom, Tom, and, and the other one? What is it? Colt, Tom, Tom, and Rocky. Yeah. So that was my son's first time watching it. And he was kind of digging p- certain parts, but when they were that would, would wear the masks, you know, yeah. he's like, eh. Yeah. Fuck these guys. Right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, honey. I was like, you don't know. I, I, I literally wore this VHS out to where I couldn't. They were like, Dude. then... The Koreans that own the ninety-four cent video store. <laughs> yeah, you know rent more, no more. Break <laughs> tape. Yeah, Break you tape. know more rent. That's like more like <laughs> Vietnamese. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry. That was way Vietnamese. That sounded <laughs> like my barber. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know. <laughs> One of those guys this is like, I know. Trust me. Maybe oh, they were Vietnamese. Man. I have no idea. I didn't see color back then. You know. So <laughs> yeah, just, right. Just, hey, just mixing just them all up. Nothing to do yeah. with color, dummy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> went to Miller's Outpost and I went and got some Blockbuster and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, my wife was like, oh, "I've never seen this before." And I looked right at it and I said, "Get out! I'm keeping the baby. Get out of my house. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> my son's staying with me. Yeah, you stay away from me and my son. <laughs> Psychopath. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Back to the head lead security, yeah, security guard. guard, please. Shocking. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So, guys, immediately uh, when I when I reach this part of the information uh, regarding the police report, um, this security guy jumped out at me. I, I need to know who he is. Uh, this is highly suspicious. Where did this guy come from? Who's the battalion group? And when I start to dig into this guy, I was mind blown. So. A, a side note, this guy, Martin Kristen, is actually responsible for the divorce of Seal and Heidi Klum. He was having an affair with Heidi Klum for 18 months before Seal found out. Oh, <laughs> and, damn. Seal, and then Seal divorced her. So, I mean, it's not like this guy just um, uh, uh, answered a bid. Yeah. He's well known in, in the yeah, Hollywood circles of elite. Now, what's that one song if, was real famous for? Kiss by a Rose. Kiss by a Rose. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. Maybe. You can sure. the tips and the tips. I, was, I had it in the my guy. Head and I couldn't remember That's what it, it yeah. was. Yeah. That's the guy. So now <laughs> Heidi Klum is also like inside that of that, that whole Epstein circle. <laughs> oh. oh, tight. Of course he is. Fuck. Of course, of course. <laughs> so, um, according like to official, uh, according to official records uh, that we were able to find on this guy Martin Kristen, uh, he has criminal records in Orange County in 2004, 2007, and 2019, as well as in LA in 2002. 
Uh, he currently resides in Long Beach. Um, LBC. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, he is the um, director of Battalion Protection Group, which consists of a team of mercenaries who are, you know, entrusted with different tasks. Right. Okay. Um, according to <laughs> so ninjas, so ninjas, so ninjas. Okay. Yeah, he's writing his fucking resume. Like, babe, how do you spell mercenary? <laughs> what? I got to put it on the thing. I'm looking for jobs. Yeah, like it was fucking dope. Like back in yeah, the day. I'm just gonna go give it to Heidi Klum and see what happens. <laughs> Hot shots. Too soon. Now, <laughs> it, it turns out that Chris Cornell didn't even like this guy. He felt that he was a sketchy character. And, you know, according to Chris Cornell's fans and members of his family, he's like a, a real loving, you know, jovial, welcoming kind of guy. He doesn't yeah. normally suspect people right away. You have to show him that you're like a sketchy scumbag in order for right. him to start to feel some kind of way about you. And it's been reported that Chris Cornell didn't even like this guy. And so once you start going further into that, into how he felt about it, um, you know, it just it, it poses more questions. Now, according to some information that I found on WordPress, um, it also says that Martin Kristen may be Mossad trained. Um, first off, a little bit more about this guy's background. He seems to be very comfortable financially. Uh, he owns five vehicles, a Range Rover, Land Rover, Audi A8, a Ford F-150, Cadillac Escalade, BMW oh, M6. That, really it, shitty fucking long-term right? vehicles. Okay. The, the Ford, well, the Ford cancels out six of those cars. So. <laughs> Two of those vehicles were bought after Chris Uh I guess he must have received a bonus for finding the body. Jesus. All right. Um, he was born in South Africa. He spent time in Australia and Israel. And the Israel Mossad connection is starting to come in at this point. So you um, went from D Antward to Mossad. <laughs> you know I mean? oh, shit. Yolandi Visser, that's Yolandi Visser. Yeah. yeah, dude. That's her. Uh, this is we're her cousin. We're never gonna mention that again. No, 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 no. That was that was a total joke. That was. Oh, a total joke. I, love, I was like, no. I love the Antwerp, though. I do. No kidding, really. Dude, Those they are, are the freakiest bucks, white people. They're weird. Oh, they have a song called Freaky. <laughs> oh yeah. I think you're Fiki. Yeah, I like you a lot. So I think you're Fiki. Oh, you know I have no oh, idea who dude. you're talking about. Just watch the movie Sappy, Chris. Yeah. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, there's South African good. rappers. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I got they it. Both I got it. The most South African haircuts you can ever imagine. <laughs> you fucking dude. What's that movie? Um, <laughs> district. You prone? Yeah, district you're nine. Fucking, yeah, you fucking prone. You fucking little prone. That's South African. Yeah. There you go. We're, we're way off track again. Reel it in. Reel it in. So the Mossad, he's got training from Mossad. So he's got some training from Mossad. Uh, and so through Mossad, he was able to form battalion, um, the battalion security group. And that put him hmm. in the circles of all of these okay. rich and famous people. You, you right? said and he's a he's a Est Epstein Island attendee, correct? No, uh, that's you know that's Heidi Klum. Oh, that's of course, Heidi Klum, yeah. whom, okay. well, whom he had the affair with for eighteen okay. months. Okay, because yeah, I, I find it kind of weird that he's associated with somebody mm -hmm. who's obviously closely associated with Epstein, um, mm -hmm. who Epstein also has Mossad ties. Boom. You know what I mean? Boom. So I, I w it, it almost seems like maybe Heidi did this guy a favor and fucking name dropped, you know, to get him where he needs to be. 
Allegedly. Whatever the relationship Allegedly. with Heidi, after yeah. 18 months when they broke up, Heidi bought him a house in California and a vehicle. Damn. I guess I guess as a hush hush don't you okay. know, whatever. See, mama. hear me out on this one. You guys always laugh when I said the only <laughs> normal one left is Gary Busey. <laughs> I think I'm on to something though. I don't see Gary Busey's name on that list anywhere. You know? Hey, no, but Gary Busey. He, no, no, no. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Gary ooh. Busey just got in trouble in New Jersey at a Comic Con a year ago for doing some nasty shit. Allegedly. See? And I could be his clone. <laughs> Chris, can you pull the report, Chris? I'll pull it. I'll get a pull. I'll, I'll reach out. I'll see if I can get it sent over. Yeah. Big countries over here like, hey, innocent until proven guilty, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Oh man. So so th th this is this is part of that deep web that I was telling you about. It's the connections that start to come uh, when you find or when you start looking into all the details mm -hmm. surrounding Cornell's death alone. I mean, we could literally uh, dedicate this entire segment just to the discrepancies in the report and the suspicious behavior of his head of security before mm -hmm. we even go into uh, um, Chester Bennington. And you said his no, wife hired hired the security firm, right? Correct, correct. Okay. Vic, Vicky Carianis and Vicky Carianis before she met Chris Cornell, she was a famous publicist in Hollywood. So is that Italian? That, uh, Greek, I believe. Greek. Yeah. Well, she, it just I was like, because I was I was thinking when you were saying that, okay, is she somehow linked to the Mossad, and then you said her last name, and I was like. She fucking she works for the fucking guy, you know. She's like, oh, yeah, she fucking maybe the mob's working for the fucking Greece is uh, fucking legalized pedophilia. So how how long were oh, yeah. Vicky how long were Vicky and Chris married? Uh, that's a good question. I believe that they were married in. It's like watching an Info Wars episode. Confirm my notes here. This guy doesn't play around. Tanks the man. Right. See, we just need a little headset with a mic on no, it. 2000. 2000. Okay. So they've been established for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, according to some work by um, Meet the Resistance, which, which I mean, the, the theories that Meet the Resistance puts together, uh, you know, using verifiable fact and, and business connections, um, Vicky Carianis was actually groomed by her mother to go into these Hollywood and influential circles and find somebody that she could attach to so that she could continue to make money for herself and the family and for whoever else that she's ultimately connected to, which may very well also be Mossad, even Sounds though she's very Courtney Lovish. Oh, oh man, it, oh, come on. It, don't bring it, Kurt into this, man. <laughs> no, listen, it's it's crazy that that you mention that Boya. Because just think about it for a second, from a historical perspective, how many great men have been brought down by women oh. who have two faces? Yeah. All right. And when you look at Kurt Cobain and the allegations that Courtney Love may have actually had something to do with his suicide, mm -hmm. when you look at Vicky Carianis's 
um, mother grooming her to be in these circles. When you look at how rich she got after Cornell's death, when you mm -hmm. look at her connections with the Clinton Foundation and tie, and, and tie that to Chris Cornell's suicide, it's crazy. Then when you look at Talinda, which is Chester Bennington's wife and her connections, especially um, the fact that she used to be a Playboy pinup model and what did we learn about the Playboy Mansion and allegations about Hugh Hefner in the last <laughs> two years? All kinds of nasty shit. All kinds of shit. All so Bennington married, married all sorts of shit. And he too, he too may have also been connected with some Mossad-spiring, blackmailing, uh, mm -hmm. corrupt politicians and people in film industry. So, yep. I mean, the Mossad... We, we know that their speci speciality is infiltration, uh, infiltration uh, by, uh, to be able to blackmail so that they can control vast sums of money and influence. Mm -hmm. When you start to dig further into the Cornell and Bennington case and then start to look at the people that surround them, you, you see two people that were in a den of vipers. Mm. And it starts to open up some serious, serious avenues of possibility. Wow. <sighs> it's, uh, again, so, again, yeah. this is why that shit got to me a few weeks ago with these guys that are talking about, oh, the numbers are just overinflated. I was a cop for this many years and I never investigated one. What are you fucking L.A. Noir? Like that yeah. if you're not catching the criminal, there is no crime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. and I was listening to a show today. Uh, it was Sam's show. And he had um, this dude from uh, a Red Pill Project on, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, but he was, and I could be mixing that up. I'm sorry if I am. But talking about that the new numbers came out that in the United States alone, the child trafficking, human trafficking, because it's all lumped into one sum. Yeah is going to equate to 380 billion dollars annually in the united states yeah yeah uh, <clears throat> well you know and I, but on top of those numbers the open border that we have you know it drives all those up and um that's because they know how uh, generally how many people are crossing the border and they know how many of those people are unaccounted for now, here's the really fucked up part. And I know we're, we're getting off the rails again a little bit. But before this slips my mind, um, most of these immigrants uh, are being given Obama phones. Did you guys know, like even low income families can get Obama phones, right? Yeah. Did you know that those phones can't be tracked? Those phones, you can get on the Internet. You can make calls, text message, all that shit. They cannot track it. So if they say, well, we gave so-and-so that phone, this is the phone number they have, we can't ping it, we don't know where the fuck it is, like, that's it. You're just in the wind, right? So how easy would it be for somebody to groom, especially an illegal alien, doesn't have to be uh, anyone from Mexico, you know what I mean? Because we're getting people from Africa, the Middle East, China, all over the fucking world that come through our southern border because it's fucking wide open and then the ones that are lucky get phones right those uh, phones can't be tracked now i'm sure that those phones can be tracked you know what i mean in, in certain instances 
um, because they got to know who's who or at least who has what number. And at that point, grooming is fucking halfway done because you're already in their pocket. So, but I just wanted to put that out there. I thought that was fucking pretty wild. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great point to make, Boya, because, again, if you go back to An Open Secret, which is that documentary exposing um, the uh, five child actors who were sexually abused mm-hmm. by powerful people in Hollywood, that's essentially what they were doing. They were yeah. using, they were using um, managers that were part of the Screen Actors Guild that at the time mm-hmm. were managing children without any background checks without um, registering for any type of permit or anything like that, which is all changed now, by the way. Yeah. Now there's something called the Child Actor Protection Act, where if you're managing a child, you have to be on file so that they can run your background. And if you do wind up doing some shit while you're managing a child, now you're on record and you can no longer be a manager of a child. But mm-hmm. they were using managers many of whom were registered sex offenders to groom these children. Mm -hmm. And then once they felt that these children were ready to do whatever it took to become famous, that's when they passed them off to the super predator. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's exactly that overinflated though. Overinflated. Yeah. Yeah, These are, yeah, they, they, they groom them up and then they send them off to people like Dan Schneider from Nickelodeon. And then he just fucking destroys yeah. him. From and there. Brian Peck, dude. Or I, I, Brian I just, Peck. And I just finished watching that documentary last night, and I was like, "This sucks, dude. This really dude, sucks." It's at this Absolutely. point, like once you start hearing those stories, you know, you start to realize, like, okay, Jimmy Savile was bad, but fuck, you know, because it's still like Jimmy Savile shit is still happening. And oh, network executives, they let it happen. Um, unfortunately, these parents, a lot of these parents, you know, once their kid is in the industry, um, mm-hmm. it's not that they lose interest in them, but they kind of just let them go, right? Oh, you got a fucking industry party to go with? Sure, go with your manager. Go with, yeah. you know, other cast members. Now those parents aren't there. Those parents aren't yeah. aware that these kids are getting drugs and alcohol. You know, and and they're starting to feel important because they're surrounded by so many people who just want to give them stuff, or or, yeah. or just paying attention to them. So they soften them up, and then they fucking go in for the kill. Next thing you know, all these child actors grow up to be fucking drug addicts, alcoholics, or just yes. super abusive people, or completely withdrawn. And everyone's still asking, "Well, I wonder what happened." You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now, Boya, um, you've you've essentially described the content inside of the, the documentary and open secret. And mm-hmm. I would strongly suggest that that when you and Chris have some time um, away from the children, obviously, uh, maybe with your wives, though, to sit and watch this movie and any of the uh, uh, audience members that we have today, I would strongly suggest at the very least to take some time to watch um, uh this documentary it's, yeah it's I, really I started awesome. it i started it but i couldn't finish it like it just got to a certain point where it was super heavy i, I don't know if i was oh, yeah. just in, in a mood that day or what you know but we talk about it same here when we're doing our you know reporting on mm-hmm. like the franklin scandal right yeah two or three days into that like it's it's gross and you just kind of want to take a break but it's something that you have to 
you have to intake so you understand the weight and the volume of the situation. You know what I mean? Correct. Because, Correct. I mean, there's so many people that are just going about their day and it doesn't cross their mind. Granted, yeah, we shouldn't be thinking about this, you know, all, all day, every day. But when you see, you know, like uh, when Corey Haim was going through all his shit, right? When both of those Corys are going through all their shit and you're kind of like, what happened to them? And then everyone just kind of goes, oh, well, they're crazy now. They're addicted to drugs and alcohol. Like Some that's perfect the, backstory. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But there's reasons why in every addict, every former addict, I guess you're never a former addict, right? You're no, always, you're pretty but, much an addict. But. but any addict understands that that started because of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I was just about to say it, it's coping. You yeah. know, there's trauma really that happens in your life exactly. and it, it starts off fun and you're using drugs a little bit here and there. And it's, that's uh, what we do when we're all together or, Hey, just have a couple of drinks. You'll be relaxed. You will perform better or whatever. It's a party. We're going to wind down and yeah. then trauma happens in their life. And then that, that release of freedom of drinking turns into coping with the major things and the trauma that's been put in their life. So yeah. it's a sad yeah. story. And I, and I read a, an interesting uh, little article today from, uh, the lead singer of Asking Alexandria, who was asked about Chester Bennington's death. And uh, he was basically saying that the industry does not fucking care about the performers. The industry only cares about the money. So mm -hmm. the 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 more we drank, the longer we played. Uh, the more I was on drugs, the longer they could keep me on the road. Um and they're profiting off of all this. And he's like, yep. a lot of artists are driven to that lifestyle because of the industry on top of any kind of earlier childhood trauma that was already a trigger for it or got you into it. Mm -hmm. And then the industry feeds off of that. You know, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a, well, say you have childhood trauma, you're, you know, sexually assaulted or whatever. Now you're trying to get into the music industry really they don't have to do much you know what i mean to to blackmail you because most sexual assault victims they're not really forthcoming with their experiences uh, why should you be you know what i mean it's extremely traumatizing stuff but now you know they have these like investigators within the entertainment industry and they uncover that now they can use that against you. Well, do you want us to tell everybody that your uncle touched you? You know what I mean? They use shit like that to keep these artists in line. Sell us your masters. Yep. We're taking the door. We're taking the merch. We're taking everything. Now you don't own shit yep. of something that you've started. That is a big reason why the industry fucking hated guys like Prince, right? Because he owned everything and they couldn't do shit without him saying yes or no. Yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson. Another reason why. You know what I mean? There's so many of these. Which is why. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to say it, but I don't think Michael. I don't think Michael was. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't think so either. Once you really like dig into all of the situations that that occurred, I think that was the industry trying to get Michael to fall in line. But he was already. He had already ascended, being a, a star. Right. He's no longer just a celebrity. Yeah, when There's I was only on, a uh, handful of people like that in the world ever. And when when I was on a, a light on podcast, we talked briefly about that about Michael Jackson and our belief mm -hmm. of whether or not he was a, 
pedophile. And um, I forget who said it. Maybe it was Remy that said it, but he was like, I know exactly how you know he wasn't a pedophile because the media outed him as a pedophile. Mm-hmm. He's like, all of them were down his throat every single day. It, it, it didn't matter if it was Fox or CNN. They were slamming the dude. Yep. Yep. Right. But dude, this is it. We're seeing the same thing, just different wording play out with Kanye West right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they hate him and they're forcing everyone else to hate him. You have people from the industry telling you to hate Kanye West. You got P Diddy out here. And I love that he called fucking P Diddy the feds. Right. Because dude, let's face it. Once Biggie died, Diddy got fucking mega famous. Weird dude. Come on. Like the industry is so crooked that they, they yeah. rob, they steal, they'll blackmail you. You know what I mean? And they'll they're Latino heat, you. man. The Latino <laughs> they're Latino heat. Yeah. They're Eddie, they're Eddie Guerrero in, in Dude. I mean, body form. Well, but but I think that's RIP man. I think that's why uh the rap industry has also changed. We'll get back to Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell. But I think that's why the rap industry changed is because the past generations were actual like gangsters, real OGs. Yeah. And all the ones that talk about it now are fake. Yeah. They're propped up by the industry. They're made to look in a certain way. Exactly. Yep. Which is why they all cripple and fold so easily. And yeah. why why that whole genre has changed. Because the OGs are gone and the new generation could be easily manipulated. For um, sure. And if yeah. you look at the like music we grew up with too. Even on the on like the grunge side, all these dudes that just all of a sudden started getting smoked. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just very interesting. And and the crazy thing about that, for example, now when you when you start to ask, well, why is it all of a sudden that our era, you know, essentially men are fucking checking out one by one? Why? What? What is the? What is the connection besides telling me or trying to convince me that it's depression and alcoholism? What is the connection, right? After years and years of being in these circles, right? Mm-hmm. As a human being, if you still have any connection to empathy whatsoever, if you've suffered through and survived trauma, and now you're in these circles ruled by wealthy elite who have no empathy, who Mm -hmm. care for no one but their selves and their own group of people. And you start to see questionable shit, these wild parties where you have 50, 60-year-old men surrounded by 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old boys, and then all of a sudden groups disappear and you walk up to a room to maybe go smoke a cigarette and you see some shit you don't want to see. Yep. Okay? These guys are not going to engage in that shit. They're going to do a mental note and collection and then get amongst themselves and say, hey, listen, man, I saw that. And somebody else says, I saw that, too. And that shit's not right, man. We really need to expose what's going on. And when you do that, you poke that dragon. And I genuinely believe that as a victim of of uh, child molestation himself from the age seven to the age of 13, Mm -hmm. Chester Bennington was one of those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that that signing to Interscope, right, which was owned by David Geffen, LGBT LGBTWTF billionaire, right, <laughs> super PAC uh, um, Democratic donor, okay, yep. um, had a case a couple years ago where uh, a boy toy 
um, escaped from him and then reported that he feared for his life by exposing mm-hmm. David Geffen's lifestyle. Okay, yep. when when you when you realize that Cornell knew who David Geffen was for twenty for twenty plus years, and then starts to see David Geffen's connections, start mm-hmm. to see the shit David Geffen's involved in, and then says, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, I've made millions of dollars for this guy." And I'm propping up the very thing that I myself hate and fought against. Yep. Uh-huh. Young teenagers who look to me for inspiration when they're dealing with pain and grief are now telling me that they're being groomed, that they're being attacked, that they're being sexually assaulted by the people that I work for. Yeah. I genuinely yeah. believe in my heart of heart that once you start to connect this disgusting matrix right of human and sex trafficking you will reach the conclusion that chester bennington and chris cornell among others because there are others mm-hmm. came across compelling and profound information that they sought to expose and just at the precipice when they were going right for that avenue to expose this shit, they were snubbed out and and those objectives were complete because they had snakes around them yeah. who were compelled by money to betray these people. That's fucking so wild, though. You know what I'm I mean? Like you. The idea that they started to realize, and when I say they, I'm talking about the industry, right? Mm-hmm. They started to realize that these two were onto something. And these mm-hmm. two were recognizing the signs because they were victims of the same abuse. Mm-hmm. So then they started installing these people around them to kind of keep closer tabs on what they were doing. And it wasn't, yeah. And it wasn't until they decided to pull the trigger that they were like, fuck, you know, this has gone way too far and we got to shut them both up. You know what I mean? And and, because people will just say like, oh, well, they both had drug issues and they both, you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. Like they'll write it off easy as an addiction issue, right? Overdose or or they went out from suicide just because uh, they couldn't handle the pain or whatever. <clears throat> and then you start to realize, like, no, these people were all installed for a reason, right? Yeah. And it w- it's not even just one person. That's the wild part to me. It's not just like how ha- it, it doesn't just so happen to be the security guard, right? Then you look at his wife, both of their wives, and it was like they were meant to keep tabs on them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's insane because that's some deep undercover shit. Spend decades with somebody just so you can fucking keep tabs on them because you're worried that they're going to blow the lid off of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That Mossad angle, though, was just... I was like... I I read the message from Noel, and I was like, fucking, of course. Why why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't you you be tied to Mossad? Is your if, mustache you, My mustache is, but I'm not. <laughs> Listen, if if you thought if you thought that that was incredible, there's wait more. till I tell you that Chester Bennington's head of security also has links to Massad. Okay, come on, man. Massage yes. just pumping out security guards or what? Like telling you, you know those Mossad agents you. who love American fucking alternative rock. <laughs> Mossad's it's it's not even about what you do. It's who you're surrounded by and the information that they can collect. Their yeah. speciality is infiltration, 
for the purposes of blackmail in order to control power, influence, and money. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Well, That's it. And this is something that always bothered me. We just talked about it on the last show. Why is it the one group that we're not allowed to talk about, even in the realms of conspiracy, are the Yudens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Jewish mafia. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even yeah, saying the they're Jesuits. the they're, I'm not even saying they're the top. I'm not. Yeah. They just seem to be the most prevalent in all these cases. And then you ask yourself, why can't we talk about them? Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? It, it's just it's even universally agreed with on in some of the, uh, of the circles that we're in. You know what I mean? I, and I've heard that conversation before. And I'm like, no one's suggesting that anyone's a Nazi or, a, you know, an AB or whatever, just to be like, why are they always involved? And they'd be like, so you hate Jewish people? And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I yeah. That's why they were there taking pictures on 9-11. Fuck. Me. Because, you know, like like Jesus. Noel called them gatekeepers. It's the same thing when it comes to people questioning the Yudins, right? They, they want to fucking they want like you're not allowed to speak ill of this group. If you do, mm-hmm. we can call you anti-Semitic. We can call you this. We mm-hmm. call you know what I mean? They could fucking ruin you. Yeah. Because World War II was like the best thing to happen for them, right? Not saying that it was a Super Bowl it was, for the Jews. <laughs> well, I'm saying as far as like protecting that image, right? Because obviously that shit was terrible. Shouldn't have fucking happened total fucking let's yeah. not do that again okay I agree whoops but because those are all innocent people right that we're not talking about these motherfuckers over here engineering fucking blackmailing material so we can get literal you know power movers throughout the world presidents kings queens fucking whatever right prime ministers these people weren't fucking fishing for that type of information. And as we all know, Jews weren't the only ones that were exterminated during world war two, but that's neither here nor there. Well, because but, it was, of, but it, I'll just say this because it was, it was the exact same thing that the, the African tribes did yes, back during yes. slavery. They were set like the hot, like the rich, rich Jews were yeah. selling like the lower end Jews. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And, and, and no I mean, with it, no, and that's 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 one of the things that people don't understand. Like this shit didn't start by someone just showing up and being like, "I'm taking all of these people." Right? <laughs> no, they were like, "Oh damn, hey, what's up, Playa? That's a nice ass fucking cloak you got on. What is that? Oh, you know, this is fucking this a little bit of satin joint right here. And uh, cool. How about I give you three fucking guys I got working in the field for that thing? Sure, I'll just Straight go home trade. and fucking." I'll go home and have them each make one. Now I'll have three. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like trading for pink slips, (laughs) but pink slip trading, but that's, but like now it's like, you know, well, fuck dude, you only, uh, you're only race. Like black people can't be racist. Right. Because I guess they, they earn the right through slavery, even though they weren't the only ones fucking traded as slaves. Um, but same with the Jews, right? You can't speak ill of them because of, the events of World War II. Those aren't the same Jews that we're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you said it the last episode. I forget who whose quote it was, but can't trust them because they left black and came back white. Yeah, that was a quote from like the prime minister of Turkey. You know what I mean? But it's <laughs> it's it's strange because like that 
core group of Israel. It seems like when you when anyone says Israel, the first thing you think of is Mossad, right? At least in my mind, and it's yeah. probably because well, we just we do a fucking conspiracy in our community, in, in our community yeah. as well. Yeah, but they're every like it's everything is Mossad. Everything is Mossad. That's what fucking trips me out, dude. Everything is Mossad. Fucking Gasoline well, Maxwell's dad was Mossad. How is Mossad's hands in everything, especially when it comes to fucking human trafficking, right? Oh, or even just the subject of. Of course, back to episode one, or no, episode two of Tank of the Tavern, the dancing Israelis were yeah. for a company who was a cover for a Mossad. Yeah. And, and that comes from yeah. our boys at the <laughs> FBI. Yeah, like why are they fucking everywhere, dude? <laughs> Yo, Brian, please stop with that fucking guy. Take how you feel about little. Chris. He's a pedo, not our Chris, that Chris. I'm just yeah, taking don't me in with pedos. I'm just yeah. taking his oops. I just want I his oops. It's, the, it's the best comedic 30 seconds anyone's ever done <laughs> listen i want back in new jersey before i came down to the lone star i tagged him in a report about his pedophilia and he viewed it but he never said anything back to me oh damn i was like beep, 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 beep. yeah i mean i thought he was funny as hell the first time i saw him is when he did that eminem impression in the car yeah I mean, anyway, anyway, this is the industry. This is the very, you know, yes, yes, the same industry. It doesn't matter if it's music, acting, comedy, whatever. There, dude, there's fucking, I'm sure there's a Masada owned car wash somewhere. You know what I mean? Soapy Joe's. I've got some fucking, you got some answering to do. Wait, you have one of those too. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, they're, it, everything has Mossad in it, and it fucking makes no sense to me. But it yeah. it, it makes total well, sense that they're involved in in human trafficking and abuse of children, and you know keeping tabs on celebrities and influencers, people with blue check marks, shit like that. Now, now I know that uh, that Chris likes to hear about the uh, different Mossad connections as an investigator. So I, I really quickly want to point to some information that was published, um, again, by the administrator of Total Disclosure. And mm-hmm. once he was deplatformed, he had to get creative on how to publish this information. So I found this on. Uh, Let me guess. He Word, typed the whole thing WordPress. in Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> how dare That's you. a strike. <laughs> how dare you. You're getting flagged, man. Come That's on. We were doing totally demonetized now. God. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I did. I did that joke to Boya the other night. Remember when I sent you that article about uh, that bodybuilder that was like, "If I die from the vaccine, use me <laughs> yeah. as an example." Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I said it to Boya. There were, there were still people in the comments like, "You guys are here making fun of his death," and like, nah, dude, "No, dude, he literally gave us no. the green light." <laughs> <laughs> he literally yeah. said, "True, yeah. gladiators, ready." <laughs> I mean, he literally said it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. That was the thing is like in Hebrew. He said, <laughs> Brian, quick cut off Noel. I am dying to hear this. I'm connection. sorry. I was just bringing up. I'm, I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, I want more. Bring me Look at up. Them arms crossed. Oh. Okay. Hold Full on. Mode. 
Last. <laughs> I want to speak to your manager right now. So, <laughs> Who's your manager? So, guys, listen, this this is a very, very interesting angle. Now, this particular um, this particular uh, set of details that I'm going to read is titled Follow the Bodyguards. Right. It says, let's take a quick, quick look at Ed Messina, bodyguard of Lincoln Park's latest tour for Chester Bennington and Mike Shinoda. Like Martin Kirsten, a military trained man and a professional mercenary connected to Jeffrey Epstein's human trafficking network, Messina was Lady Gaga's bodyguard for years. We know that Lady Gaga is an accomplice of Marina Abramovic and James Franco. Messina is also close friends with photographer and sex harasser Terry Richardson. Now, you know who Terry Richardson is, that little creepy scumbag. He was also the bodyguard for Robert De Niro, who was questioned about a case of child sex trafficking in France that was also linked to Jean-Luc Brunel, who was also on the Epstein flight log. Now, he also worked for billionaire Steve Forbes, who's a tycoon registered on Epstein's Lolita Express flight logs himself. In addition, Ed Messina was present immediately after Chester was found dead at his residence in Palo Verde's Estates, California. Why did he happened to be around and decided to be the guy to direct traffic in and out of Bennington's estate uh, when he was found. Chester Bennington was investigating Chris's death and had copies of a black book that Chris was working on. All right. And so when you, when you see that the very last people to see Chris and Chester were their Mossad trained security guards, and then they were also the very first people to find the bodies. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you have to. At what point does a coincidence become mathematically impossible? How when many coincidences? Die. Dude, for me, I've always said there's no such thing as coincidence, right? And it's surprising because, like, okay, they got away with with allegedly murder, right, on two huge music stars. That we know of, yeah, and allegedly, and allegedly, fucking, they're involved every single step of the way. Now, Chris, you know, especially for like missing person searches, um, overinflated missing, overinflated. Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. But say it's a say it's a kidnapping, right? And usually, people usually get reported missing before they're reported as kidnapping, right? Unless it's like. Uh, as, as more evident like someone someone came and in. stole them out of a car and, yeah. and or forced them in their car and then someone saw it and said that person is clearly being kidnapped yeah, or yeah. taken against their will yeah it's, usually a person usually it's person missing time. yeah right. usually a kid goes out to the the liquor store to pick up something and pack a bubble gum pack a bubble gum and then they don't <laughs> come back right yeah. right so to mm-hmm. pop in a pack of bubble gum yep and and but more often than not say there's a huge search going on yeah right? And all of a sudden there's someone who's like, yeah, I knew, I knew this person or they like, you know, they get involved somehow, whether they're part of the search party or they're speaking to the media. Usually that person is <laughs> kind of suspicious. You know what I mean? Because they, they want to be involved somehow. Anyone that inserts himself into some kind of investigation like that usually stands out. Yeah. Learn that from yeah. criminal minds. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. You know what I mean? For them, it's well, we were a part of that investigation, and as you know, it's like kind of a 
they can put that in a in a newspaper and feed it to people that'll believe it, right? But to have know that background and all these weird connections that they have with Mossad, this and that. For anyone that doesn't know the background story of yeah. the uh, bodyguards, they would look at it and be like, "Oh, that kind of makes sense that his bodyguard found him, or you know, he was there randomly to at his house. Maybe he just went to check in on him, see how he's doing, if they had anything coming up." you know, on the schedule where they're, he's going to be needing his services, checking on them. Hey, they're close, whatever, yeah. you know, uh, Chris, you said in Chris's case, he kind of was like, this guy's shady. Didn't like him very much, but even then he's working that night for Chris, right? He's yeah, doing yeah. security cool. that night. So that makes kind of sense. Like he would, you know, Hey, some hadn't heard from Chris in a little bit. He went back to his room. Um, let me just make sure that everything's good for the night. Hey, Chris, you good? You, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna turn in unless you need something. I'm gonna be right next door, or you know, I'm, I'm gonna be doing rounds around the, the hotel for a little bit. You know, I'm gonna do a shift, and then my, my next guy's coming on at this time. We're gonna be around your room just to make sure everything's good, make sure no one's coming to harass you. Oh, knock, knock, knock. Oh, what's going on? Chris isn't answering. Something must be going on. I got to break in the the door to go check on yeah. my guy to make sure right. he's okay. Like anyone that doesn't see the big picture is going to look at that and be like, "Oh, well, all that falls in line." Yeah, one hundred and ten percent, Chris. I appreciate that you pointed that out, and and that's what they were relying on. They were relying on everybody just going with the official narrative, um, wrapping it up in a bow, just like you did right there, and not going into the individual details because when you start to look at the report that detective charles weaver uh put together it's like an oversimplification right and then when you go and start to look at the details like why weren't these uh witness statements included in the report why wasn't momson the lady that opened up why wasn't her statement included in the report why weren't the two fans who met him outside of the mgm hotel included in the report yeah. And and the details themselves that came from Martin Kristen, he said that immediately before uh, he left Chris in the lobby, he gave him two Ativan pills, which I, I guess he used to go to sleep. And he went up to his room and he was watching TV when he got a call from Vicky. Right. Vicky says, listen, I was just I was just on a call with with uh, with Chris. He turned on the lights in the house remotely from his phone. Right. I guess to try to get my attention. And I called him when I called him. He sounded out of sorts. I tried to get him to tell me what he took and he would not tell me the phone was disconnected. I tried to call him back and he won't answer. I need you to go up to the room. And if the door is locked, I need you to bust in that shit. Wow. And so he, he gets dressed, goes to the room. The door is locked. He calls down to uh, the reception. Now, why wasn't uh, statements from the reception included in Detective yeah. Charles Weaver's report, right? Mm-hmm. Then he tried to get hotel security. Why wasn't hotel security's statement included in Detective Charles Weaver's report? Yeah. Okay. Then the pictures that Brian saw with the door, Martin Kirsten says that he kicked the damn door about six or seven times to try to get in. And it suddenly came loose and, and he was able to get in, at which point he looked at uh, the bathroom and saw that the door was partially open. And then he saw uh, uh, Chris's foot. Hmm. He had to push the door open a bit. I'm assuming because Chris was against the door right. with, with the, with the workout strap. Right. But I mean, again, when, when you start to comb through these details, right. 
and and kind of dig a little deeper into what he was saying, the timing doesn't make any sense. Right. Nothing that he's saying makes sense. It appears as though he's trying to say either something that he was directed to say, right? Or stuff that he's trying to simply push people away. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very interesting, though, why a 30-year veteran of the Chicago PD, Detective Charles Weaver, would oversimplify this report so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, look, and they would they would saying? download the phone. They would get Everything. the time. They would get the time for the phone Chris calls from Vicky to yeah. um, yes. Chris. Because that's all yes. fucking relevant fucking information. Yeah, yeah. That's well, check, be in it. there. And check this out. So, and this is credit to Natalie Denise um, mm -hmm. in her second part edition of this. Now, I'm <clears throat> excuse me. I'm actually going to reach out to my cousin. Remember, uh, remember, guys. We I did that episode where my cousin was living. He lives in Florida, mm -hmm. and he was riding out the the hurricane. Yeah, the yeah. weather modified hurricane. Yeah. Um, he's worked in um, the hotel industry basically since he got out, since he got out of college. Okay, and I was going to ask him if is it standard for hotels, motels, whatever. He's always worked at hotels, okay, but if 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 um it's standard to have an it like a hotel it guy so i was going to reach out and ask him if that was standard because one it was in the report that his apple tv wasn't working in his room mm -hmm. And so he called down to the front desk, and the front desk said, "Yeah, we'll send up an our our our, our hotel IT guy." Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then Natalie Denise, in her second part series, calls that hotel, perfect, and was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about staying there. I'm coming down there to Detroit. Um, I'm just uh, I'm in my room for a lot of the work that I do." Uh, she goes, "Can I watch like Netflix? Can I watch Apple TV?" things like that. And, and he's like, well, the rooms aren't equipped with Apple TV. Unfortunately, um, hmm. she goes, oh, okay. So I'm still kind of like exploring my options at this point. I just want to kind of get some insight. She hangs up the phone. So she essentially confirmed yes. that they don't offer Apple TV yeah. in the room. Is, yeah, that's, yeah. That's super weird. You know what I mean? Cause a hotel, mm -hmm. they don't have apps like that. You, you could, you can Bluetooth your phone to it. But you're other than that, maybe. you're watching fucking hotel. T yeah, maybe. Other than that, you're watching hotel TV, whatever they have on that stupid menu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Weird. Well, and that's what I was going to ask my cousin. Really weird, man. Good, yeah. good but, question. Up. But what's did, interesting? Did though, they have? Did they have photos of the door that this guy kicked in? Okay, I'm so glad you brought that up, Chris. And I was literally trying to find the photo. It's in Natalie Denise's um, documentary that she made. But I was I was just trying to look on a Brave search engine to see if I could find the specific photo. There are crime scene photos of the door that was kicked in, um, the door behind that that uh, Chris was behind, um, the the exercise strap, the door that was kicked in on that side. And listen, <clears throat> I'm not a crime scene investigator, uh, and maybe we can find those photos that we can share because I wanted to get Chris's opinion. But generally speaking, I think if someone's ready to go, like they're going, and they were to go through the method of hanging themselves from the door with an exercise band, which is how it was set up to make sense in everyone's head, one end of the rubber uh, exercise band was 
over the top of the door and the door was shut. Okay. Right. And then the other end had a loop. Right. So the tension is from the door being shut. Right. Right. Now, when I saw this photograph, I immediately thought to myself, in order for that to happen, if you're someone that's not ready to go, is for someone to be yanking down on the band. Yeah. Right. To cause this kind of crack that's in the door. And maybe we, I'll, I'll, I'll try to find that photo. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll get Chris with Cornell's see. not a huge guy. Right. You know what I mean? But, no, but no, if, he, my he, point is, like my point is, yeah. my, my, my point is, is if you're ready to go, you might fight a little bit because it's the natural body's thing. Right. 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 But you're going to, you're going to go. Yeah. Right. So you're not going to snap part of the inside door from pulling down on the strap. I would, exactly. I would think, I would think. Yeah. 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 But especially an elastic strap, you know what I mean? Like that's, they're not super tough. Yeah. Those medical ones. I, I there's actually one sitting over here on the floor and this is they're like a not, workout band, right? Yeah. yeah. They're, band, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, I mean, over the top of a door, like either that door's really fucking weak right which is an interior door i'm sure it's probably hollow right but to have an elastic band break the door before the door breaks the band it's kind of weird i'll show you guys the band the band yeah. right now <clears throat> okay so it was wrapped over the door and the door was shut but right i can't find the photo of the to like the left the inside yeah because part of the door is snapped down. Okay. Which means there's like a tremendous amount of tension at a so, hard angle. Right. So part of the door is snapped down, but by Do we know the, if it was if the other end of the the strap was like connected to like the handle. No, it just has it mm. has like that big black handle. They, so they yeah. put that behind the door and closed it. Okay. But yeah. according to the bodyguard, once he got into the room, he says that he saw the door partially ajar, right? Yeah, and so okay. and so, so he had to push it open so there wasn't closed all the way. Exactly. Okay. Okay. But but it and it, I wish I could show the photo because I can't find it. But um, with the the inside part of the door snapped, it would have to snap and then the door would have to open. Right. Because he he said the door was ajar. Yeah. Now he was also found with blood in his mouth. Um, and they ran the toxicology report and it said that there was a mild amount of, of alcohol in the system, but they didn't mention the would if, if, if well, they, they had the Ativan in there, but, it, um, if they had, if he had an excessive amount of alcohol, that would be noted right. in the toxicology in the coroner's report. It would absolutely say he had X amount of BAC at, uh, left in his body, uh, through the blood analysis. They'd probably take it from a couple of different areas um uh, like a thigh or like a, a major vein uh or artery and they'll do it from like your legs and they'll do it sometimes from your arm to confirm the two different blood oh, okay. samples so, so yeah so that there's this much alcohol still going through a system at the time of the death um yeah since the blood is no longer being pumped correct okay. it, and and uh, it's interesting to note that they did include uh Kirsten's admission that he gave Chris Ativan, but for some mm -hmm. reason it was spelled, it was misspelled in the report. It's mm -hmm. just interesting to note that amongst all the other discrepancies. Yeah. Well, it it's just weird, man, that like 
There's apparent, in my opinion, apparent signs of some kind, some kind of struggle. Yeah. Right. Then the report comes out and says he called down to the front office to ask for help with his um, Apple TV. We don't have Apple TVs. Yeah. So why did the report say that? Mm-hmm. Is it is it filling in gaps right. for the timeline? Is it? Um, trying to present this narrative that yeah, maybe it's it. something in the video evidence that they had pulled video evidence of people coming and going up into his room at certain times yeah. well, just to kind of maybe nonchalant be able to say oh someone entered the room and then he did his thing and then left what, what I would like to see are photos uh, or video of where his TV was in that room because thinking about it now it's very possible that he had you know one of those box top apple tv players that he plugged into the tv maybe for some reason thought someone down at the desk could fix it but then they never mentioned they never mentioned that it's his you know apple tv um another another weird thing is is i'd like to see the the full coroner's report to explain why there's blood in his mouth did they mention if his tongue was bitten did they mention you know what i mean like there's no which would definitely be a sign of a struggle yeah, exactly. And because you're not going to fucking hang yourself or OD on Ativan and then accidentally bite your tongue. You know what I mean? Unless he was maybe having a seizure at some point. But even during, even then, during the coroner's report, they would note, you know, hemorrhaging to the, ba- the brain, which would indicate, you know, stroke or seizure or something like that. Or blunt force trauma. Exactly. If he had some like, trauma to his facial area that caused some kind yeah. of bleeding in his so mouth he, or. Even though you can. You could come up with a plausible answer to eat why each one of those things exists. There's no evidence saying that that's why it's there. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's no evidence saying, oh, well, he had an Apple TV box that he plugged into his TV. Or um, during the suicide attempt, he had a blood he- a brain hemorrhage and caused him to seize and bite his tongue. None of that is explained at all. No, no. What was the, the time? Um do we know the time that he initially went over to was the time, the difference between when he last saw Chris when he was alive and then when he came over to find his dead body? Do we know? Great, great question. And he's trying to say that from 1120 to 1148 was the time that all this happened. 1120 to 1148. This is why less less the discrepancies all of this less happened. than thirty all of this happened all it so so he get he gives he gives Chris the Ativan mm-hmm. Ativan uh, um, Chris heads to his room um, Martin goes to his room Martin gets a call from Vicky about mm-hmm. Chris Chris calls down about the Apple TV there's uh, the time that it took for Martin to get up to Chris's room. He can't get into the room. He's calling security to try to open the door. Six, yeah. or seven kicks, six or seven kicks to get into the room and then makes his way to Chris all in the span of, of I mean, it, it's. Hold on. It's, Back up, Noel, because yeah. this is in the report, too. Chris, you're going to love this, bro. Okay. Bra, send, bra. It. send it to that mustache, not to Chris, but his mustache is going <laughs> right to the, the taco writer. Um <laughs> There's a delay for Noel. That's what we were talking about with the news. Remember, there's a delay. Yeah, satellite delay. Satellite <laughs> delay. Um, so the security guard said that he called hotel security. Yeah. And goes, hey, 
I need assistance up at this room. I need to get into the fucking room right now. Yeah. They said no. Click. <laughs> Busy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he calls back again. Hey, this is the Mossad guy. <laughs> I'm protecting the lead singer of Soundgarden. <laughs> you know he's staying here. I know he's staying here. I need to get into his room right now. Gotta go. It's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Click. Yeah. Swear to God, it's in the report that the security Dude. said, may I help you? No, thank you. And hang yeah. up the phone. Which is ridiculous because you could literally go to the front desk. You don't even have to go to security to get another room key, dude. You don't have to go to security for that. He could call the front desk and say, listen, I'm Man, fucking that's to believe that he doesn't have a room key. He's yeah, I was dude. just how about are, to fucking say he would have a fucking key. Yeah. If I am protecting Boye yeah, at a hotel and I am his number one guy and I've got to keep him safe. You're telling me that I don't have a fucking key to his room to open it and get him the fuck out of Dodge. If some shit hit the fan. Even a perfect, perfect point. And Natalie Denise also points this out. If the front desk of a hotel receives a call from a security guard mm -hmm. that's hired to protect a famous rock musician, and that security guard tells the front desk, listen, I have an issue where I believe the health of this person is in jeopardy. Do you think that they're going to tell him it's not your room? Yeah. We can't sorry, open dude. for you. Yeah, sorry. Tell sorry, Chris buddy. Calls, dude. Tell Chris to call. Yeah. No. I mean, I, it doesn't do. make any damn no, sense. No, they they have an obligation if there is if if I if boy was locked in his room and I'm watching him and I call down to say, hey, the welfare of this person Correct. is Ooh. not okay, they have a fucking responsibility to go check on the welfare or call yeah. the police to go up there and check on them. Especially if they know that this is my guy and I'm protecting him. Right. They're, they're going to come and open the fucking door. Oh, so no, they were willing to send an IT. It was okay to send an IT guy up there at 1145 at night to go fix the TV, but they wouldn't IT help. Guy. They wouldn't send security up there to go open the door after the security guard is yeah. telling them, I, I fear for the welfare of this yeah. guy. Okay. Where, did, where did this IT guy learn how to fucking fix Apple TVs? Okay. Guess. From Assad. Not only that, but what was he working overtime? What's yeah. the shift like? Right. Let's, let's back up a second. This just popped into my head. This is the whiskey oh, talking. Fuck. But maybe I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Good. Okay. Keep I'm talking to my cousin right now. <laughs> talking. I'm talking to my cousin right now. And he said, "Yeah, it is standard that most hotels do have an IT person or someone that helps on multiple locations." And I said, "Is he on call?" And he said, "Ah, not really. Depending on the hotel, they might have a 24-hour support number they can call into." And he's like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "I'll tell. I'll tell you later." <laughs> <laughs> Be like, "Dude, like, Chris Cornell's dead. Talk to you number. later." <laughs> yeah. Sound. <laughs> dot dot dot. Hashtag. Open Sesame. Dot dot dot. <laughs> delete message. Dot dot dot. Garden. <laughs> in danger, so, danger. So it's likely, so it's likely that in 2017 there wasn't a physical person like Geek Squad on call mm -hmm. at the MGM available yeah. to diagnose computer issues. What especially was, at that though, time. Here's my here's especially my at that time. Here's my theory. This is full conspiracy. I base this on absolutely no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but what if they knew in advance the hotels did not have smart TVs? Mm-hmm. So they are not going to be able to operate uh, Apple TVs if you oh, bring dude. one. A Roku okay, stick. I know where you're going because I had okay. the same thought. Hit me. Right? They know this is happening. They say, we know this can't happen. Tell him to bring his Apple TV. He will call down to the hotel. The hotel will call the IT department. We've tapped into their lines. We're going to send our agent in, the IT guy, to fix his Apple TV. He gives him a shot behind the ear, maybe a little <laughs> sprinkle in his drinky. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And he d- takes out of the room. Let me. I got to step out of the room real quick. Boom, bang, bang. He's struggling. Massad agent goes in. Wah, Bop, goes down. They put in the call to the IT guys. Delete the security Apple, camera footage. Apple TV's fixed. Go Apple TV's fixed. Yep. Go ahead and delete that security camera footage. Ba, 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 enemy of the state. Tie it back mm-hmm. in and push play. You're standing there again. Eagle eye type shit. Yep. Oh, I based that on absolutely no facts whatsoever. All hearsay. All hearsay, but possible. Oh, but very possible. Okay. So let me hit you with this one. So do you guys know who uh, Ron Lafitte was? No. Ron Lafitte, no. Okay, Ron Lafitte was managing Chris Cornell and Soundgarden at the time of his death. Now, in September of 2016, Ron left to start Maverick Management with a guy named Guy Osiri. Now, Guy Osiri had something called Patriot Management. Now, on LinkedIn, Patriot Management lists Soundgarden and the estate of Chris Cornell as people or or, uh, people and organizations that they represent. Here's when it gets crazy. Guy Osiri is business partners with Ron Burkle, who's Bill Clinton's buddy. They used to travel together on Air Fuck One. And um, they they literally called it that. Right? So Ron Burkle and Ashton Kutcher formed a a company called A-Grade Investments right, which is to invest in startup technologies. Now, who is a main investor of A-grade investments? None other than David Geffen. Oh, who shit. is David Geffen? Who, who oh, is David Geffen? Again? Come on. Come on. Full circle. Come Bro, on. It's the connections. It's the connections. Now, the reason why that's significant is because you, you threw out a theory there of, of technology being compromised, right? Mm. If the very people who were representing Chris Cornell were also investing into companies that were developing new tech and investing in new tech devices who are also funded by people with connections to Mossad, would it truly be beyond the realm of speculation that devices can be tapped, that phones Come can on. be tapped? Absolutely not. It absolutely could happen. Fuck. You, you, you know what I'm saying? What, we Where we dig into the connections, it's profound, bro. It just brings us deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And this is all in, 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 the, in the grand scheme of things. This is all to protect child trafficking, human trafficking, right. child sex because exploitation. Of, because of millennia's old cult ritualistic sacrifices that center around the blood of children. Mm-hmm. We might sound like fucking crazy people for even considering this reality, but open a history, a pre-2000 history book, obviously, before the Great Purge. <laughs> open yeah. a history book. Second darkest day. <laughs> the, 
the Canaanites, I'm telling you, research the Canaanites, research the, the Babylonians and their sacrifices to Moloch. Mm -hmm. Re research, somebody mentioned the Kazarian Jew, the Kazarian Jews, research them. Yep. I mean, if, if we believe that it does not exist today, we are highly mistaken and we are purposely and willfully living in a dream world. Yep. Yeah, man, this is the thing is, you know, because sometimes I even have to take a step back and be like, man, is fucking everything a conspiracy? No, but it's there's certain things that I think connect us all in different ways. And I remember, dude, I remember exactly the conversation that the four of us had when Cornell died or, or um, Bennington died. Mm-hmm. Right. I knew what job I was on. I knew what company I worked for. I remember the conversation because I made a joke about it. Yeah. Do you remember that, Boya? Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I guess he really did dot 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 given up with like musical notes behind it. Yeah. Because he did a song about it. Yeah. And this was this was pre whiskey beer and conspiracies. This is pre any of those shows. And that's like a, a truly her tremendous remark that I made. Yeah. Although, you know, at the time I was I had no idea yeah. that because um, I, I was in the mindset of like someone that commits suicide that has children mm -hmm. is, but now looking back on it and it understanding that suicide. and to, and to think that these guys, what they were trying to expose and people are, are in society as a whole, probably agree with the official narrative Yeah, that these guys, Oh, they just killed themselves. Yeah. Like, no dude, we were off because we were trying to like, protect kids mm -hmm. and 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 not just kids but you know human trafficking as a whole yeah it's it's well, crazy it's same, because it's the same thing that happened to isaac cappy you know what i mean uh anytime there that someone's getting close to just blowing the lid off of everything fucking oh they fell off a bridge well and so, i sent this so, to noel today so i'm just gonna say this real quick um so, Boya, you you dirty bastard, I listened to that show, Chasing Warhead. And before I will say what I was going to say, if you haven't listened to it, it's 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 so well done. Mm -hmm. Like, production-wise, it's a really good yeah. podcast. It's like eight episodes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's there's no more of it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, and, they, and they, of course, they give you a warning. Yeah. I'm at work and I'm listening to this and it gets to the part where the guy that ran the largest child rape website, mm -hmm. oh, pornographic website web. on the dark web was called child's play. His name was mm -hmm. Ben Faulkner. Mm -hmm. He was in partner with somebody else. You get to this part. It was like episode three and he gets to this part where, um, once the DHS raids the, the place they were staying and they get arrested, mm -hmm. They tell the guy, Ben had raped a four-year-old girl mm -hmm. the night before they got arrested. And then in the in the episode, not not to give too much away, it'll probably still shock you. I don't know it's, how it could shock I you if I it give it will. away. You it will shock you. Mm -hmm. But the orator of the episode goes, her father was arrested the day after he was the one holding the camera. Mm -hmm. And I'm on I'm on a six foot ladder. Yeah, I'm drilling into concrete, and I go, Jesus H. Fucking Christ! 
Yeah. Yeah. And my that part... foreman, like, do my foreman runs over. He's like, yeah, all right. I was like, oh, sorry. Pedophile in podcast. Yeah. In my ear. And then that whole section was one of the hardest things to listen to, knowing that this guy, this father, this this guy who happened to have a fucking child, right? I didn't even call him a father. Um, he was selling his kids. Yeah. And so the so the point that I was making with that was the year that Ben Faulkner was arrested was 2017. Mm-hmm. The the um it was like a, a multinational organization that was going after child's play because it had yeah. a million registered users. Mm. Right? That when they took down the website, they arrested 200 pedophiles. And they saved over like 160 kids. Mm-hmm. The same year that that went down was the same year that Chester Bennington died in 2017. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about an, a massive influx worldwide of news that's going to mm-hmm. come out about one of the largest child uh, rape porn sites getting taken down with over a million registered users, 200 arrests. And then... Bennington and uh, Cornell coming out with a documentary talking about, and they're shedding a lot of light. Yeah. On it. And it doesn't just end in Hollywood. No. You know, and we know that from, from the Franklin cover up, right? Yep. It was politicians on the left and the right and all this. And with the murders of Chester and, and um, Chris, it's, it's crazy because we haven't even talked about a VG. We haven't even talked about Anthony Bourdain. Yep. Right. And there, there's so much more to this. Um, but, but tank, where's a good stopping point for you with this two part of that we're going to do? Cause I said, we're going to have a special guest on the second, the second end of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so a good, a good or a good pickup point for the next segment would be to refer back to the connections of an open secret and their um, their uh, connection to the silent children. The mm. reason why that's a good point is because it's going to prove that Gabe Hoffman may be conducting a psychological operation to take us and distract us from the truth, mm. which is Chris and Chester stumbled upon some insane information that involved the Clinton Foundation and their human sex trafficking in places like Central America and Haiti, Haiti. Yeah. after after the uh, after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti that displaced 1.5 million people, killed 300 uh, thousand people, right? Um, remember Laura Silsby? Do you guys remember Laura Silsby that in 2010 was caught at the Haitian border kidnapping 33 Haitian yep. kids? Yep. And and the clip Bill and Hillary came to her aid. Yep. And then we and then we learned that after she got a reduced sentence for child trafficking, she became an operator for a company that puts out amber alerts. Yeah. Yeah. And then the lawyer that the Clintons put to represent her, George Paula uh, Puelo, he gets arrested for participation in a sex trafficking ring that was smuggling women from Central America and Haiti. Yep. Yeah. What did they say? It was like over over 50,000 kids uh, 
just completely unaccounted for in Haiti? Gone. Just Gone. missing. No so, bodies. Well, according to, um, gosh darn it, what's his name that runs uh, Operation Underground Railroad? Uh, Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard that said that that in the Haitian earthquake, um, a quarter of a million people were killed mm-hmm. in total. Yes. That doesn't account for the upwards of 200,000 orphans that were instantly created in yeah. Haiti. And, and that's why there's such a huge discrepancy between the numbers reported by the Haitian government and mm-hmm. our government. Exactly. Of course. Yep. Of course. Our government is going to make a smaller number so that they can make a few disappear. And the Haitian government, they, they don't have that obligation. They're going to tell you how many fucking people disappear. Yep. So that's where we should start, guys. I think that's a profound place to start. And again, it's going to encompass a lot of different connections and... It may also highlight the possible betrayal of people like Mike Shinoda. Mm. And you guys know who Mike Shinoda Fuck. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to get pissed off. I'm already fired up, dude. <laughs> One thing. Oh, man. Chris, Chris, if, if you thought that the Mossad angle and, and the possible uh, uh, assassinations of these men by their own heads of security was a big deal... Wait till we start to get into the betrayal of best friends and wives. Not good. It's, a, it's, hey. just, it's all downhill. My the, the protector of me, the the protector of me right. is is, I I couldn't. I uh, I'm fired up. Taking people's protection is something I I value. Right. If I was ever to be fortunate enough to be able to escort or provide service of protection for somebody. If something happened on my watch, I would hey, never, I would Big never, country for ever, Kansas governor 2024. Hey, I will be the head of security oh, anytime for you, dude. my man. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, couldn't live with myself. I, I agree with I'm you. Sorry. Chill. You gotta chill, chill, man. You're in a safe space here. Chris is like uh, Chris right now is like Clint Eastwood in the, what is it? A few good men when Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. man, I love See, that's, 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 you can't it, handle the truth. No, in the line of in the line of duty is in what, the line um, of duty. That's the is, one. Is what Noel's. That's a good one. Yeah, in the line of duty. So yeah, I would. I could. You know what? I'll say one of the most powerful lines in uh, any of those uh, police, first responder, military uh, movies that gets me the most fired up is um, "Rules of Engagement" with Samuel L. Jackson. Right when he is getting shot at, they shoot back, kill all these people. They take away the guns and they try to frame what happened, not on purpose, but it was the other government that was doing it, right? So Samuel L. Jackson, his character is sending trial, and he said, uh, "Did you give? Did you did you say? Because he said waste the motherfuckers, mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. What'd you expect? Duh, <laughs> duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey guys, be, be, before you start to wrap up, is is that where you're going, uh, Big Country? Yeah, to, towards the end here. Okay, check this out, brother. Um, so, of course, I couldn't just limit uh, my my search or or I couldn't just limit myself to confirming uh, what people like Natalie, Denise, and Alessandro and Jax um, were doing. Mm-hmm. I also went to the cue boards. Mm. I, I had I had to do it. I had to do it. 
I went, into the, I, I went into the keyboards and uh and I actually Still typed in uh and I actually typed in David Geffen. And um it's very interesting. Q drop 318 posted on December 9th, 2017. So the same year that both men were killed. Hmm. Uh Q posted, I'm about to break. Rest in peace, Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell. They tried to move on Geffen and paid the price. Oh, everything oh. has meaning. Wow. So that was posted on the cue boards mm. the same year those two men died. And again, when you start to make the connections, fucking Geffen is everywhere. Wow. Wow. Fuck. Wow. Damn it. Well, what I was going to say about Samuel Jackson was, um, was that he was standing trial. And he said, did you say waste motherfuckers? And to the extent of he goes, yes, I did. I was not because he was asking about rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't fire until you're fired upon. Well, yeah. they were, but they covered it up. And he goes, so he said, sir, I was not going to watch one more of my men die for some goddamn fucking rules. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Goddamn snakes. Really? Knees on neck. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm saying Chris knees on neck. So I can make that joke because that's not how he died. Yeah, true. <laughs> Fair enough. Knee on Okay. Yeah. Now, before we end tonight's show, Noel, take us through where you're going to leave us off for this episode going into the next live with our special guest coming in to help us out. Okay. One, so, one more time. Cause I'm kind of high and I've been drinking. So, <laughs> all right. So hooligan truth network for the next segment on the uh, murders of Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, uh, we will continue with connecting um, Gabe Hoffman and an open secret uh, to everyone involved with the, product, with the production of The Silent Children in order to disprove the cryptic 2018 tweet that highlighted Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington being involved in the financing of the documentary The Silent Children, which sought to expose human trafficking ring around the world. Mm-hmm. We, will de- we will dig deep and do a dive into whether or not this was actually a psychological operation to take our attention off of the real truth, which was that Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington stumbled across evidence of a human trafficking ring that was headed by many people, including the Clinton Foundation. Of course. And you know what? That's why I clipped that video together. We're probably going to get a ton of trademark strikes on this video, but... um... That's why that's why I linked that 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 video that Cornell and Bennington did in the beginning. If you mm-hmm. read those fucking lyrics, man, mm-hmm. they're they're farming babies while the slaves are working. Yeah. Yep. You fucked up. Yep. It doesn't get I mean, any darker. It doesn't get any darker. They're sending the, the people not. that the, they send the people that are protect the kids, their parents away, slaving away, so that they can access the most the the most vulnerable class that we have in our society. Absolutely. Listen, watch God watch Avicii's last video. Sorry. Watch Avicii's last video, one of two of his last videos titled A Brighter Day. Watch that video. 
it's profound. Uh, to be honest, man, this could be a four-part thing that we do for the next oh, for sure. uh, uh, three lives that we do. Because, again, we still haven't talked about Avicii. We haven't talked about Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, There's uh, stuff that we got to bring up about Chester's the yeah. the whole Chester. I'm I'm geeking out over because yeah. I like the the crime aspect of it because yeah. that's the investigator mind that I have. Right? I want to I want to look Much at that. Other, Chris. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to dive into it. So we got to do we, this. Definitely should. We shouldn't just stop this if we're not done after the next show. You know? yeah, I yeah, I think I think we Absolutely. see where we're at. I think we see where we're at after the the next show. And then we'll, if we have to keep going, we will. I think yeah. this is worth. Did you worth see my... fucking notebook? We can't just go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Dude, would be yeah. halfway through oh, Tank's man. notes if Brian didn't send us down to other rabbit holes, <laughs> rules of engagement, and all. They were all bullshit. relevant, somewhat points. God damn it! <laughs> no, this is whiskey so next I, time. Listen, I totally enjoyed what was it the taco uh the, with the what was it Ryan? the taco mustache driving taco, taco. taco. <laughs> fucking look at that thing oh man, man. have you seen you. it have you seen it's, it there is free mustache rides going on at the hamilton house free of, should free. i i pass <laughs> maybe so hey maybe it's not your thing hey maybe remember, it's not your thing if you ain't if you ain't voting you ain't bucking you ain't bucking <laughs> God, I didn't say nothing about oh, no fucking shit. mustache rides, though. Oh, man. Screw, was that in the fine print? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah, that'll read the terms and services, huh? Gary Nadler in New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't done any videos like that. I'm going to yeah. keep my record clean yeah. on that. Maybe they should circulate <laughs> that video of Nadler shitting his pants. I'm sure and that would have Yeah. Grabbing his diaper, fucking layered ass. And shuffling oh. off stage. Oh, oh. Uh, Try and I wanted to... that real close leg wiggle so nothing falls down the pant leg, you know? <laughs> you know. I don't know. Everyone knows. I don't Everyone, know. You've had that in your life at least once. Listen, my hey, I got there's a there's a timer on those type of things for you. Once you reset that timer, you can never go back to as much Dude, as Columbus. Sometimes I'm a I'm a good solid 38 years that out. I haven't shit my pants. And maybe there's been an issue lately because I'm getting up there in, in age. But uh, hey, hey, you've even had a scare because you know your asshole is like I am three yards away from the toilet. We all have right? a hey, we have a signal. What we're, you can't we're struggling tell and we get a call. But you've still clinched and and had your hand there just in case. No, no I have not. I have never clinched oh, and had my hand there. However, I have sent messages out to to beat partners. Hey, it's code brown. I can't make that call. You got to take care yeah. of it for me. And you I'm dying. Dress is like worse than like a fucking 18th century bride. Dude, I got to take that I'm, gun belt I'm off. I'm stripping stuff off as fast <laughs> as I can run. It's just just throwing shit on the bathroom You're floor. like, "Oh, please secure the weapon." I, I... <laughs> Really? Listen, when I used to when I used to handle port operations up in uh, in Newark, I would simply tell the guys when they needed me, "I'm sending a fax to Cleveland. I can't help yeah. you right now. You got some papers it. to file." <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. This is what. All right. Well, this is what You're I'm right saying. There. Like, we, we have to add. We have to add, you know, some type of uh, of good ending to to a yeah. very dark levity. episode. We're bringing levity, levity to we're a bringing dark levity situation. situation. We're not we're joking. 
about the fucking statistics, but just bringing levity to the situation. And I, I think I've had this conversation with Boy before. Maybe even Chris. Maybe you you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that conversation that like people stereotypically have about men that your dick has your has, has its own mind. Yeah, which is true. Mm-hmm. I tried to explain this to my wife. She she cannot figure out that if she touches my elbow, he thinks it's go time. <laughs> okay, but yeah, the other just just the other night, right? We're sitting on the couch, and she like was getting up, and she like grabbed him. You know, husband yeah. wife stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, a little brush, little... yeah. A little... <laughs> so check this is X rated. So careful if there's any parents listening right now. He like is... any, any of your parents? Is that what you mean? No, no. My mom will be like, Brian, what are you doing? My dad's gonna die. Yeah, he's like, hell yeah. Hey, what'd, what'd she say? What'd she say? What'd she say? <laughs> what'd she say? <laughs> it's facing her. Like, it's laying on my leg facing her. I mean, it looked up like a fucking puppy about to get fed, right? <laughs> so she, she, like, she, like, grabs it real quick. She goes, he's facing me. And I said, honey, our dick is a compass. <laughs> Knows where the water is, dude. <laughs> You're the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I swear to God, I had this conversation with her. I said, and she goes, well, what happens when you're at work? And I said, he's pointing down. And she said, why? I said, because the earth's flat. <laughs> because it doesn't matter where, where you are. It could be in the opposite direction of where you are, which means it's down. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's a South Pole. Dude, oh, 100%. 100%. Like when they ask this question, oh, what's 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 that over there? We both know what it is. Stop being childish, (laughs) Brian. You haven't been married long enough. Eventually, you're gonna get to the point where your wife's gonna realize that every little touch sends that signal to you that you might be getting some, and then there's just no touching that goes on anymore. She knows better to avoid you as when you were walking by each other in a very small. Very small kitchen, like I have at my my residence. That when you pass each other, there's there's a lot of this going on. It's like, like it's like I'm, you're scooting through an airplane aisle <laughs> to get to the bathroom. Like, like we don't have time for this. We don't have time for your shenanigans. Like she said, we don't have time. Guess what? <laughs> I'll make time. I could have the flu. I don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. We can make time. That's, Ten that's seconds. I got you. Ten you, world you'll... speed record. <laughs> Boom. You'll Boom, you want a speed by? record? We'll make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Guinness shows up at your door the next day. You, here's, you yeah, here's walk your by and you'll be like, you're like, what, wait, what was that? Did you say did you say something? That in the bathroom, real quick? No. She's nope. like, I'm I'm asleep. No. Yeah. Oh, all right. No, I thought I thought I Well, heard you them. were asleep, so you're kind of awake now in case like about how long in marriage do you get to that point? Because I tell you, my wife, I could fucking blow and I could sneeze in her direction and rev her engine. She's ready to go. Hell yeah. My, so wife, my wife's a gamer too. <laughs> <laughs> so they act they act all tough, but come on. Well, dude, I've made this argument before. Women are just as horny as men. The only difference is, unfortunately, worse. women get labeled and men don't. Yeah, and I, yeah. this is not like a massa- anti-misogynistic thing. It's here's, just true. But here's the other thing: women also weaponize that shit, right? Yeah, that fucking that desk chair is still wobbly. 
You know what I mean? So then it's like, oh, you fixed it? Yeah. Like, man, if you go home and wash some dishes or fucking... Captain Hamilton has must be heard this. She must be tuning into the live episode. She's oh, calling she's me. Calling you. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, dude, you do some yard work and it's like, hey, what's going on? You know what I mean? You, you do one yard, you got to do the other. That's right. Hey! Oh, That's right. Hey, I kid you not. We need to crowdsource the soundboard. Uh, Hooligan Truth Network, whoever's still hanging in there with us, listen, we are going to crowdsource the Whiskey Beer and Conspiracy soundboard uh, to be sent to the country so that we can uh, delete the Chris D'Elia. Oh, hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's wrap up the show. Uh, we went definitely off the beaten cuff there. Damn. Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. Um, but if you're watching live, oh, damn, I'm going to sneeze, dude. Bless you. Bless you. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Oh, you fucking assholes. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, you can support us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We have, listen, we have a Facebook group. But I, Boya, Noel, Chris, wherever you're at, Chris, if you can, if you, if you see the posters, man, <laughs> just please call us back, dude. <laughs> Fucking please call us back, bro. What's a better one? Oh, yeah, he, made, he heard you. He heard you. He's uh, back. Chris, he's making a plea for you. Man, I don't a know plea what for me. To I'm back. I'm here. Sorry. It's a miracle. Sorry, guys. Very <laughs> unprofessional back. of me, but he's back. He's back. He's back. Uh, so I went on Facebook, <laughs> tried to log in to our whiskey beer and conspiracy. They're still investigating it from COVID misinformation from 2020. Fucking come on. We were so, right. So, about all so. <clears throat> Our deepest apologies if anybody's been posting on our yeah. Facebook group. I, I'm literally, I can't even get into it. Yeah. So don't think we don't care about you. We appreciate what you're doing if you're still there. Um, yeah. It's kind of a dead server at this point. You know, Not so. Not worry, hooligans. I'm going to send out a letter to Mossad and ask them oh, to yeah. lift the van. Yes. Okay, maybe this guy. My mustache is going to also write out a paper to get us released because Dude, he is, your he mustache is, could be a 007 villain. You ever see the, the mustache that what was the commercial that the mustache is like moving around, like doing stuff? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? It's <laughs> an old commercial. Um, oh, the cowboy ones, right? I think so. Yeah, the Sam Elliott. He's got yeah. his mustache so that, going. That's a mustache. Yeah. That man's yeah. a fine-looking man. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. You can check us <laughs> on the Rockfin. You can check us on Twitch. Uh, I do want to apologize to our Twitch watchers. I did take it down. It still had the overlay from when we were gaming up mm. over it for some reason, but last week it didn't. Very weird. So that's my fault. I took it down. I'll fix that. Uh, we're on Rumble. Support the affiliates. Uh, we have a Discord server. Obviously, sign up for the Hooligan Tavern. Uh, extra What's episode that? every every month, dude. Four ninety nine a month. Extra episode every single week. 
a month, four ninety nine uh, a month. A cup of coffee at Starbucks. A month. Yeah. Uh, unlocks uh, special uh, merchandise that only you can buy because you're a tavern member. Um, gives you access to our our website uh, and the the tavern uh, tournaments that we want to start having with you guys. Video game tournaments that um, you guys can win some free stuff in. We want to get that started. So we're trying to give back in different ways, sharing the show, liking the show. I mean, these are all ways that you can support, you know, because Biden said the, the economy is booming. It's red hot, but it's, it's red hot, but it's starting Ah. to taper off. Oh, it's just now starting to. Okay. Oh, Noel, before we end the show, you shared a post today. What is the current medium household income? This shocked me. Oh, yeah. So according to the U.S. National Debt Clock, uh, which was updated just this afternoon, I'd say about 2 p.m. this afternoon, Central Standard Time, the current median income is $36,064. What? 36K? 30 now, household. That's insane. Dude, I, now, I barely get by with the income that I have, and I make well more than that. That's the, dude, I don't get it. You can say it. You make six figures. So do I, baby. Wear that. Let your dick yeah, hang. Let, let everyone, let all the, the betas know who the alpha is. <laughs> Gavin gets that. a lot of that, though. Yeah, yeah, but course. Noel. Uncle Gav gets, gets his cut. Now tell everybody. Now tell all the hooligans. What is the medium home cost or price of home? The medium new home now is $438,837. That's the red hot baby. Dude, Agenda 2030 is is on the horizon, the flat horizon, but it's there. You will own nothing and you will be happy. I'm not a mathematician. And for all the years I was shit in high school about on, on math, then I picked a trade that I use math every fucking day. Smart. Idiot. Smart. It's wicked fucking smart. wicked smart. Wicked let's smart. Go be, let's go beyond that. Initiative 2045. We won't even own the hardware that they force into our brains. Oh, fuck, dude. I can do? just see myself living in a sewer with like a bunch of dudes from the resistance. You know what I mean? We're watching WMAC Masters on a VCR. Right. <laughs> All fucking analog everything. Speaking everything. of. Dude, let's it's, it's going to be. the show. Okay. All but, right. No, go ahead. Make your point. It's, it's going to be like uh, Demolition Man, like all the people that lived underground, you know, still barbecuing hamburgers and shit. That's going to be us. <laughs> <laughs> fucking have the dopest weed because it's all synthetic now above ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um. Shit. Recently, my again, my wife hasn't figured this part out. So if you have Peacock, the mm. the app, not like Katy Perry, which right. my wife hates that song because she didn't know it existed until I sang it for her. Oh, nice. And then she was like, God damn it. God <laughs> damn it. I want to see your peacock, cock, cock, your peacock. If you have the app Peacock, Fuck. it has WWE <laughs> on there, right? Okay. Now, we grew up in the 90s. I lived on wrestlers. Yeah. But I didn't have a lo- I wasn't loyal to a brand. Right. 
So mm-hmm. WWF, WCW, they have all WCW, WCW free right now. Fuck yeah. And I was watching um, Halloween Havoc, 98. Yes. 98. And this is the shitty thing. And we've talked about this before. Chris, dude, boy, you guys, maybe Noel. Maybe. I don't want to speculate for Noel. What's up? I did it today when that thing came out. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, and I'm like, fucking <laughs> New World Order, bro. Dude. And the <laughs> and wolf I'm pack. Like throwing out the wolf yeah. pack. And my son's looking at me and I'm like, New World Order, dude. Fucking. He's like, he's like dude, <laughs> dad. He's like, dad. So, so remember, in 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 uh, ninety eight at thirteen, I was in the attic, blaring grunge rock, and I Hell found yeah. uh, the Chris Cornell track. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yep. So Hell you were yeah. definitely New World Order, dude. Yeah, you were definitely yep. Wolfpack. Wolfpack for life. Yeah, DX. Sup, <laughs> man. Um, I oh, let's end man, with man. this. I want to say this. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting the show thus far. Um. Part two is coming up with a special guest. I'm not even going to tell you guys who it is because you're going to flip. But, um, you know, we all kind of came from a generation of pre 9-11. We saw the, did, did, uh, the analog, the digital transform. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, to, to know that some guys from our childhood, essentially, were whacked, right? because Mm -hmm. of something they were trying to expose is is another reason we do the show yeah you know of course we make jokes and we have fun and we laugh and we talk about funny things and stuff like that but we don't do the show just for for giggles yeah you know um and that's why your support is so important uh because you know we've already been demonetizing so many different avenues um and you know with the alex jones case that just took place uh, that sets a precedent. I knew so many people that were like, I'm glad, I'm glad it happened. I'm like, dude, listen, this is my opinion and I'm not going to specifically say it. Um, but I followed that case from day one and I was yeah. balls deep into conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And I would concur with Mr. Alex Jones's original statement. But I had evidence on it and all this stuff and I knew it. Now you can't find it. Yeah. And they made an example of him. And so many people were like, oh, I'm so happy that happened. I'm like, no, dude, that was no, the precedent for the be. rest of us. Nobody yeah. should be happy about that. Even yeah. if you think in our community that, that he was false and it happened the way they said, you shouldn't be happy about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If, if you are, you've missed the entire point. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't question authority um, at any level, then the First Amendment doesn't exist. If and you if you're happy you about it, then furthermore, you know, right. Yeah. And if you apply that, if you apply that ruling, for example, to the segment that we've just enjoyed right now, then mm-hmm. all four of us would be in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, well, let's sign off. Um, that's it for this part one. Take it the tavern. Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington could be a part four. I have no idea. Could be part six, oh, dude. I did. I, I I fucking love what we do so much. It's uh, it's want to do it full time. Come on, baby. Wild ride. On it. Listen, and and to all the uh, to all the hooligans that are still tuned in with us, in uh, to commemorate the first episode of Tank at the Tavern, 
If you reach out to me either on Instagram or through uh, the hooligans on Twitch or Spotify, I will send you a complimentary Tank at the Tavern vector sticker um, Fuck yeah. through the email, uh, digital copy, as a commemoration for the uh, first episode of Tank at the Tavern. Wow. Love it. Hell yeah. Love That's it. That's what we do. Guys, let's sign off. Let's get out of here. We'll end with that secret footage again that I found because uh, <laughs> Chris hasn't seen it. It's breaking. Chris it's breaking has I'll play it for Chris and we'll sign off because you haven't seen it. You were a little late, but you haven't seen this. I think you kind of towards the end of it there. So the dart footage. Right, yeah. Chris? I saw that. You saw watch the whole thing? Not the whole thing. Just the okay, very, I, gotta, I saw the it. cheering. You have to see the setup, dude. Yep. Let's do it. The setup is, okay. is, is prime. Roll it. This is yeah. WikiLeaks stuff, dude. This is I don't know where I found it, but here we go. What? Wow, awaiting visual confirmation. Oh, damn, I missed him. <laughs> epic, fucking brave. epic troll. Oh, man. <laughs> so Going straight to hell, we are. <laughs> so stupid. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Take it to Tavern, Big Country. Signing Bye. off. Chris. Chris, my man, good to see you. Love you, my good brother. Boya, you. thank you, sir. And big oh, country. We'll see you next time, my man. Thanks, Nick. Take care. We'll see you. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. After this, there's no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And then came all the way back. back.